Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Join me for the ultimate team mom deep dive. This is more than just a recap show. I'll scour the internet to bring you all the best drama that MTV didn't air. From police reports to deleted tweets, I've got the details on all the fights, breakups, and arrests of our favorite MTV train wrecks. If you think the moms bring the drama on TV, just wait until you hear what really happened. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hi, guys. So I'm starting out this episode with an update. I recorded an episode that you're going to hear in, I don't know, I'll probably talk for what, nine hours? Just kidding. Like 20 minutes. Um, I recorded an episode like 10 days ago, a full 10 ago. It's really funny. It's great. You guys are going to love it. I pre-recorded so that I could have a July 4th weekend. But what the fuck? I had to do this intro, of course. I'm driving home from the shore now. It's Saturday night. I decided I'd already planned on leaving on Saturday night anyway so I could have Sunday to myself because I went down on Wednesday. But this week has been like insane teen mom news. All I'm trying to do is enjoy a fucking vacation, and I can't. (laughs) Just kidding. I actually had, like, a really great time. I had a great 4th of July. I went to the beach every day. went out on the boat. You can go look at my Instagram. I had a lovely 4th of July. Wish I could just stay at the shore all summer and not work, but that's not how being a grown-up works, unfortunately. So, I am driving to the shore on Wednesday night after work. And I stopped to get food. I quickly just, you know, glance at my phone to see what's going on. And Janelle had posted, I'm going to go in or date order of when this shit happened. Um, Janelle had posted something like, I can't stop crying, case dismissed. And then David posted on his Snapchat, like, the kids are coming home, stay tuned. And my first thought was like, it's probably bullshit. Well, the case dismissed, I'm crying. I was like, bullshit. Janelle, you know, Janelle bullshits. Like, in case dismissed could mean literally anything. They have like 100 cases going on at a time. And we know how she's online. So I was like, eh, sounds like bullshit. I don't really, I don't really care that much. And then, like, I see David's post that straight up says the kids are coming home. And I'm like, I don't, that's weird. I don't, I don't really understand what's going on. Then, like, almost immediately after I see those, very, very quickly after I see those, uh, TMZ updates that the judge has dismissed the CPS case and the kids were to be returned to Janelle the next day, which is, I mean, it's crazy. We all know this is crazy. Like, there's no, there's, it's just, it's insane, but I think... I don't know. It's insane to me that they weren't kept with like a reunification plan. You know what I mean? Like I'm surprised that the court didn't rule in CPS's favor to have a temporary removal for X amount of time and then a reunification plan for David and Janelle, which included, you know, multiple, um, multiple passings of drug tests multiple parenting classes, multiple anger management classes, multiple therapy sessions. Like I said, I knew a girl at work whose kids were taken, 
for over eight months. And from what I understand, like her home wasn't nearly as crazy and David as David and Janelle. Uh, that might not be true, but I just was very shocked that the case would just be dismissed and Janelle and David would then just get their kids back. Uh, like, Oh, congrats. You just like have your kids back now and you don't have to do anything. I mean, I guess CPS will still be involved because I don't know if they've closed their case. I don't really know how that works. Uh, supposedly CPS is appealing the case, which is the right. Anybody that loses a court case, uh, I mean, exceptions have a rule, but essentially anybody that loses a court case is allowed to appeal. So I guess CPS is appealing. So we'll see what happens with that. I mean, I think now the next step is obviously Nate going to be trying to get full custody. Um, I think if it's true that he had Kaiser in Florida for the last six weeks, which I'm still not convinced of. So I really thought, did I talk about this last week? I can't remember. I really thought that Nate, of course, had Kaiser in Florida this whole time as the interview from his best friend said, as multiple articles said. But then last week, the Ashley was reporting that Janelle and David had been having visitation with Kaiser every single week. And I'm like, how could they possibly be having in-person visitation with a child who lives a 10 plus hour drive away? Are they flying up every week? Even flying up every week for, you know, a four-year-old is a lot, but are they driving up every week, which is seemingly impossible. I don't know how a four-year-old could spend 20 hours a week in a car for, you know, a two-hour visit. Maybe they were doing Skype visits and that counted, but, and also maybe the Ashley's wrong. It's possible that Ashley's wrong, but that got me to wondering if maybe they weren't actually in Florida because how would we really know if they were in Florida, South Carolina and Florida in the summer, you know, don't look that different. And I wouldn't be shocked if maybe we were wrong this whole time. And Nathan was with Doris and Kaiser was there with them, obviously. And maybe they took like a weekend trip to Florida to see Ashley. Maybe Ashley was coming up to see them, but they weren't actually living in Florida. I'm still not really clear and I guess we'll never be clear and it's not really owed to us as the public um so apparently oh so it's sorry guys I said I'm in my car right like I'm driving home from the shore right now obviously I don't have any notes in front of me you guys I'm sure you can tell just by the audio that I'm on a car cast also my nose is really stuffy I just took like I wanted to leave at like three and I went to leave and my dad called me and was like turn around a, the ba- a bad storm is coming in. The traffic is going to be awful. It's backed up a mile back. Like, turn around. And then I... So I did. And then I took an hour and a half nap. And by the time I woke up, the traffic was fine. So I popped up and left. I was so mad. I had to buy a beach badge today, which, like, I used to pride myself on never buying a beach badge. But my parents don't have one at their house for some reason. And there's a beach badge checker at the entrance to my beach on the weekends, which is very annoying. And I had to pay $7 because I'm a fucking adult. And then I was only on the beach for like two and a half hours and it started thundering. And for like 20 minutes, we were all collectively ignoring the rolling thundering. And then people started to see lightning. And so there was kind of, and then the lifeguards called everyone off the beach. There was like a mass exodus off the beach, which sucked. Anyway, where was I? Oh, so 
You know, I guess the next step is Nate going for full custody of Kaiser, as he has been, as we were told he was for a long time. And then apparently they had postponed the case while this CPS thing was figured out. And if he did have Kaiser for the last six weeks, that gives him a pretty good argument for full custody of Kaiser. Because as I said before, it was insane that he was trying to go from supervised visits to full custody of Kaiser out of state. But if he truly has had Kaiser in Florida for the last six weeks and has, you know, proved that he is a safe place and he can have a caseworker from CPS testify for him, I think he has a much better shot than he did before Kaiser was removed. It's just so sad, guys. Uh, So that's the next step. Obviously, then I would assume the next step for Marissa would be Marissa's mom going for full custody against David. Um, You know, obviously he doesn't have the resources that someone like Nathan has, and it's going to be a lot harder for someone like Marissa's mom to go for full custody. But if she is that concerned about her daughter's safety, then that's what she needs to do. Um, So there is Marissa, Ensley. I mean, if CPS doesn't remove Ensley, nobody can. Oh, a light's out. Sorry, I just stopped talking because a light is out up here and people are just not even pausing. Okay, this is what we're doing. Um, (laughs) Okay. So, like, nobody can go for custody of Ensley, obviously, because David and Janelle are still together, so Ensley's there. Um, Supposedly, now, I want everyone to remember that we don't actually know anything about what happened inside of this courtroom. There are sources that speak to the Ashley, and that's it. Nothing is on record. Ashley has absolutely been wrong in the past. Um, no, you, Like, nobody is speaking on record. We don't actually know what happened in these courtrooms. But, supposedly, Marissa had testified earlier last week, or maybe the week before. She had testified that David and Janelle smoked pot all day that she was told to lie to CPS workers if they came, that she had to take care of her siblings, that she didn't really get to do her homeschooling. Let's pray that somehow CPS is allowed to force them to put her back in school. Um, But yeah, so she had given some pretty damning testimony, supposedly. Also, Ashley was pretty vague because she said that she didn't want to detail minor's testimony, which I actually respect. I think that's a fair position to take. As I've said 100,000 times on this podcast is that we all have ethical lines. We all get to make our own ethical lines. And that Ashley saying that she doesn't want to report on children testifying against their parents for, for the abuse they suffer. Like I fully support the Ashley on that. But supposedly David and Janelle got a hold of some recording of Marissa's mother saying that Marissa's a liar and nothing she says can be trusted because Marissa will lie to be with her mom. Now, I highly, 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 highly doubt that this case hindered on Marissa, a 10-year-old girl or however old she is, not being a credible witness. That seems very unlikely to me and that one recording of the mother saying that like would throw out all of the evidence. It makes no sense. I'm sure that's not what happened. What probably happened was that I'm sure that like could have played a part in the overall ruling, but I'm sure the case did not 
hinge on that recording. What I believe probably happened is that David and Janelle, well, Janelle, because apparently Janelle, David had a court appointed attorney for this whole thing, but Janelle had a paid attorney. I would bet that Janelle's lawyer was paid a shit ton of money and he was a extremely good attorney and he was able to get most of CPS's evidence kept out. That is how you win trials. I don't know if people know this. The way that you win trials is that you have an attorney that can get the opposite side from you, all of their evidence tossed out of court on technicalities. You know, they're not allowed to present Kaiser, like theoretically, maybe he was able to get it so Kaiser's daycare worker couldn't testify because it was just hearsay like based on what Kaiser supposedly told the daycare worker. So maybe all of that testimony then got thrown out. I just like want everyone to remember that like we really don't know what happened in court. We really don't have any idea. And we really don't know why this judge would throw anything out. And that doesn't mean this judge is some corrupt, awful judge. There's so much shit going around on the internet that people are saying they paid off the judge guys that so rarely happens in real life like so rarely happens in real life that judges are paid off like it's when it does it's like a major news awful scandal now does it happen yeah I mean in Pennsylvania there was a judge that was getting kickbacks from private juvenile detention facilities for sending juveniles there and it was awful and horrific and I believe that judge was just recently sentenced to prison even though it came out forever ago it's been a really long process it's starting to rain Ugh, guys if you can hear the rain I'm sorry I don't I don't know what to do <laughs> but the people demanded an update <laughs> everyone would be so fucking livid if I just like put out an episode this week that is 10 days old and has no mention of anything that happened even with just the Chanel stuff, I was, like, kind of going to ignore it. And then the other stuff happened, and I was like, oh, fuck. By the way, if you're not following me on my Instagram, what? Is, oh, feathers underscore pod. Follow me there. Like, I post everything the minute it happens. And by the way, guys, like, on one hand, I appreciate you sending me stuff. But before you send it, give me, like, an hour. <laughs> If I haven't posted, like, some, if something major hasn't happened and I haven't posted it, like, give me an hour to find it. I'll probably see it. I'm rarely apart from my phone for more than an hour. And while I love and appreciate your help, opening my phone and having 20 messages of the same exact content that I will see organically, you know, it just, it gets to be a lot. So just give me an hour. If something major happens or you find something, like, deep buried in the comments... Uh, and I haven't posted about it in, you know, it's in like two or three hours, like, please feel free to send me a message. But if something breaks and it you see it and it's been one minute since it's posted and I still haven't posted, like, no need to send it to me. I'll find it myself. <laughs> I'm never, I like am hyper addicted to my phone. I just am refreshing Reddit and shit. Like, that's something that I, across I have to bear, but it means that I basically don't ever miss any two mom news. Occasionally someone will send me something that I haven't seen, but not ever major breaking news because it gets posted on Reddit the minute it happens. And then I usually see it within 15 minutes. Anyway, um, 
I don't know where I was. Oh, so yeah, I just want to remind people that like we really have no idea what happened. We have no idea what evidence the judge actually heard, uh, what the lawyer was able to get thrown out. I am pretty positive that a judge was not paid off. It guys, it's just, it's really, it's so rare for a judge to get paid off. It's so rare. That's not what happened. What is extremely common is that defendants who have a lot of money to hire the best attorneys are able to win their cases because that's how our justice system works. And if you are enraged by this ruling, there is stuff that you can do that may not help, you know, the Evans Easton kids, but who it could help is other kids. There are, you know, millions of children in the United States who are in similar positions to these kids. You can become a, do you say C-A-S-A or CASA? I don't know. You can become, it's C-A-S-A. I think they say CASA. You can become an advocate, which means that you go through uh, a pretty intensive training, probably similar to the one that I went through to become a ripe crisis counselor. And then you go and you help abuse kids and you testify in court about what they tell you and you are their advocate. And I'm imagining it's hard, but it's extremely empowering. Um, If you're enraged by the fact that Janelle has money so she always gets off, you can vote for people who support criminal justice reform. Uh, Look into, you know, your local politicians and presidents that are supporting criminal justice reform. I don't think I'm going to vote for him, but Cory Booker, like read about what Cory Booker is saying about criminal justice reform. He has a pretty incredible criminal justice reform platform. Elizabeth Warren is talking a lot about closing private prisons, as I'm sure Bernie Sanders is too. I just haven't specifically looked at what he's saying, but that falls in line with what he would believe. Um, You know, look into donating to organizations that help vulnerable children look there's lots of things that you can do and just because you can't help these particular kids which I understand is frustrating because they're kids that you feel like you know essentially because you see them on tv um but there are lots of ways that you can help vulnerable and abused children and not just like assume that judges are being paid off and you know rage online even though you guys know I love raging online it just doesn't always help So yeah, I guess the next step is Nate filing for custody, Marissa's mom filing for custody, and Barbara getting her visitations modified so Jace doesn't have to go over there. Uh, Janelle does have all the kids this weekend. They look like they're having fun. I would say that if Barbara had posted the pictures that Janelle posted this weekend, everyone online would be like, they look so happy it's so genuine but instead the responses are like their eyes are strained they're not smiling in their eyes and that's because people are obsessed with projecting their feelings onto pictures of children and it's weird I think that's all there is to say about Janelle right I think so uh that news was I mean it was shocking it was really shocking uh oh one other rumor was that the Janelle's lawyer was the uncle of the judge, which isn't true. That would never happen. They would have to recuse themselves. It's just, it's just not a thing, guys. It's just called being rich in America. Like, welcome to be rich. Welcome to being rich in America and having an attorney that can help you win. 
Okay, on to the next thing. So, I wake up Friday morning. As I said, I had a lovely, lovely 4th of July. Look at my personal Instagram, BentleyLiz1. I, what did I do? I went to the beach, then we went out on the boat and went and got lunch at like a place that you drive your boat to. Then we tie-dyed, because I've been very, as you guys know, like obsessed with following Instagram Caroline Calloway, and I really hate her, and she's been tie-dyeing, and I felt inspired to tie-dye. And guys, let me tell you, like you can get a $14 kit on Amazon that has like 15 colors in it, a pack of shirts from Walmart. It's so fucking fun. It's so easy. My friend Bobby happened to be with us, and he at one point was like, Uh, making tie-dye and selling it so he gave us a lot of pointers which thank god I think we would have had a little bit of a harder time without Bobby but even the ones I did myself turned out actually pretty awesome and I'm a terrible fucking tie-dyer or not tie-dyer I'm like terrible at every art thing I've ever tried in my entire life and yet I did pretty good at tie-dye and if I can do it you can absolutely do it I'm gonna do it again with my nieces in a couple weeks when I see them And yeah, it's just, it's so fun. High key, high key recommend that you tie dye. So I tie dyed and then we went out on the boat for fireworks. Just a great, all around great 4th of July. So I wake up on July 5th. Thank God my cousins let me, I lucked into being able to stay at my cousin's house that was supposed to be occupied, but it wasn't, so I didn't have to sleep with my dad's futon. I did on Wednesday night. My back really hurt. By the way, when I go to the shore most of the time, like I stay on a futon in my dad's family room. Their old dog keeps me up all night. It feels awful. It sucks, but it's worth it so I can go to the beach and see my cousins and my friends and have fun. It's, it's worth it to me, and I usually just go for one or two nights. I was planning on staying on this futon for multiple nights, and that would have been tough, but I lucked into this big, comfy bed. I wake up on Friday morning, and the first thing I see is that Amber Portwood has been arrested for domestic violence early Friday morning, so basically late Thursday night. We get the information that around 3 a.m., I guess, uh, Andrew and Amber got into a huge fight. Andrew was holding baby James and he texted 911, which I guess is a possibility in Indiana, which is really cool and should be available everywhere. You should be able to text help in your address to 911. That's, I mean, what an innovation. I hope that the whole country will be following that. So Amber gets arrested. Um, It's a felony because a baby was involved. CPS is automatically alerted because a baby is involved and it's a shit show. Uh, A lot of the comments on my posts, not to toot my own horn because this is like a sad thing to be right about, was that I have been saying for weeks that I think Amber is beating up Andrew. I like, it's just so obvious to me when you watch these scenes that Amber gets physical with him. She has a ton of rage, like a ton of rage. I don't know if you guys all notice it, just how angry she seems at all times and how keyed up she seems at all times, how her anger flips very suddenly, how she doesn't let Andrew speak ever. She cuts him off the moment he says something that she doesn't like, um, how he stops talking the minute that she cuts him off. And the fact in reality is that in 
Amber is somebody with a violent past who has a very serious, untreated personality disorder. Now, not all people with borderline personality disorder are abusive. In fact, physically abusive. In fact, I would say probably most are not physically abusive. But Amber has hers with a mix of, you know, a past with, with violence and with like extreme anger issues. And also she's bipolar, which leads to a lot of impulsivity. And I just am 0% surprised to me. It seemed very obvious that she was physically fighting with Andrew. Like there's just, I don't know. It's just so obvious to me. I, we know that her and Matt got physical with each other. I don't know if he hit her too. I don't know what the deal was with them. At one point, Matt had, had been texting with some girl and had texted her pictures of his face, like fucking scratched up. And he was like, Amber did this. And then when the girl leaked the pictures, Matt was like, oh, no, 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 those were old. I was just saying it to like get sympathy or whatever he claimed. I can't remember exactly what he claimed, but he walked it back. Uh, oh, marriage boot camp. I think I remember them admitting they... And maybe she just said, Matt hits me. And I think he said, like, we got physical. I honestly, truly can't remember off the top of my head. But I think it's no surprise to any of us. I mean, when he failed that lie detector test, like, he, she had to be physically, you know, held back from him because she was going to rip into him. Like, I don't mean to laugh, but that, I think that's just who Amber is. I don't think Amber has ever got any real proper therapy. I think maybe when she was in prison in that therapeutic community in prison, she did, you know, some anger management therapy, but that's it. And that was what, five, six years ago now. And I don't think that she's been able to hold on to any of those techniques. And she wants, she can claim old Amber all she wants, but we all know that's current Amber. I think it's incredibly sad that baby James was involved. I... You know, I question, obviously this was not the first time. Maybe it was the first time that he was holding James that it happened. Maybe he was, this is the first time he was genuinely fearful for his safety and the baby's safety. That he felt the need to get the police involved. It's just really, it's sad. It's very sad for the baby. It's very sad for Leah. It's just sad in general that 10 years later, Amber is facing one of the same exact charges that she faced when she hit Gary while he was holding Leah. Um, I don't know what the outcome of this will be. She just bonded out. I thought she was going to have to sit till Monday, but luckily for her, she was able to get in front of a judge on Saturday. I guess I see her and Matt's, or excuse me, her and Andrew staying together. I'd be pretty surprised if they left. Although what Andrew has going for him that you Matt and Gary and whoever else like didn't have going for them is that he has what seems to be a pretty solid family unit and friends and a social support network and an ability to put distance between himself and Amber if he wants to. And I wouldn't be shocked if his mom like bought him a plane ticket Friday morning, you know, and he and the baby went to California. Like I, uh, it just, it's different for Andrew because he has a social and monetary safety net 
that a lot of people just in general don't have and a lot of people in Amber's life have not had. And while I do think he completely lives off Amber 100%, he's been day trading. And I ask, whose fucking money is he day trading with? I think it's pretty clearly Amber's money that he's day trading with. I think that he still has a rich mom and a sister that loves him and friends that care for him that would encourage him to take the baby and come back to California. But I wonder how codependent he is and how sick he is. Uh, As we know, two different women have taken restraining orders out on Andrew after their breakups. So we know he's very codependent and not able to separate from women. We know that he has drug abuse history. So I'm not sure if I'm not really sure. I don't think we know enough about Andrew to know for me to say like right now what I think is going to happen. I think it's a 50-50 chance. I think there is absolutely a strong chance that he is already in California. Maybe after the restraining order stuff, like maybe he did get serious therapy and made a lot of changes and Amber was kind of a backslide and this was another rock bottom for him and he's ready to make some changes and not be in a codependent relationship. Maybe. Or maybe he is unwell and will not be leaving Amber and will be more like a Gary situation. I am 100% sure that Amber will blame Andrew for this. I think she will do similarly to what she did with Gary, where she kind of pretends to take responsibility, but then once she gets going, you can know that she will clearly blame him. That's like what Amber does. If you listen to the way that she speaks, she is smart enough. I don't think Amber's stupid. I actually think Amber is one of the smarter teen moms. Um, I don't know if that's controversial, especially compared to like how she was earlier. But I think she's pretty well-spoken, has an ability to be pretty well-spoken. And I think that she will say the right things when she does finally talk. I wonder if she'll agree to film. I wonder if she's going to be like, I'm not fucking filming. I wonder if she'll quit the show over this. I don't think MTV will fire her over this. I think that MTV will be able to definitely get away with not firing her because let's all be honest that we as a society don't care that much about women abusing men. And I think that we could get into a deep, deep, deep conversation about that and why that is and if that's good or bad. And I think, well, I think we all agree that that's bad, but I think we can, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this, but I just think that's the reality that she's not going to get fired over this. I don't see an internet outrage, you know, like there are no petitions to get Amber fired and for advertisers to pool their advertising budgets over this, even though Andrew was holding a baby when she hit him but people just don't care that much about this. So I don't know why not, but, and you know what? Fuck everybody that told me that they, that people weren't more upset about Nugget than they were about Kaiser. Because if you guys were not you guys, but people were collectively as upset about children being abused, they would be calling for Amber to be fired from the show immediately and calling advertisers to pull their uh, money because a child was involved in a domestic violence incident and there's been nary a peep about doing that. But I think 
anyway, I think that Amber could theoretically quit the show over this. I can see her just refusing to film. Like, I, she's not going to want to answer for this. She's not going to want to live this out on TV. This is not, this is not something that Amber wants. Uh, we see how she responds. This is not something that Amber's going to be able to handle filming about. I would assume that OG is not currently filming because we're, we have OG on air. And as you guys know, they film opposite. So like when T-Mom 2 is on air, OG will be filming. So I'm guessing they're not currently filming. And I don't know if she'll come back to the show. Like kind of, you know, bookmark me. Like I think that this might be the end of Amber on the show simply so that she will not have to respond to this and not be dragged for this and that she can drop off. Um, I'm a little worried about Amber right now that there could be a suicide attempt as a result of this. She's not going to be able to handle the scrutiny that comes with this. She's just not. We see how she, she can't handle any scrutiny and it's going to be hard on this one. She's going to get out of, you know, she's been sitting in jail for a full 48 and has it been 48 hours? I can't math. A full 36, I guess. And yeah, it's not going to be, it's not going to be pretty for her. And I'm curious. And if Andrew leaves and takes the baby, I don't know. I hope that Amber gets out of prison and by Monday, not prison, she's in county jail. I hope Amber bonds out and by Monday is in some sort of long-term inpatient facility for dealing with borderline personality disorder and probably drug addiction because I'd be 0% surprised to find out they were drunk and high in this fight. Yeah, it's sad. It's really sad. And I hope that Andrew does the right thing and takes James back to California where he has family that can help him and friends that can help him in a support network. And is that that fair to Amber? Like, maybe not. But she kind of, they'll, they'll go, they'll get a custody hearing. CPS will get involved and then she can deal with that. I think that Andrew needs to do what's best for him but especially what's best for that baby, who he does seem pretty involved with. So yeah, that's it. Okay, third thing to happen. I don't know. I've been talking for a long time. I'm almost <laughs> about to like hit my halfway point driving. Hey, uh, third thing that happened last night. I'm mini golfing. I haven't been mini golfing in years. I thought I didn't like mini golfing. I am very bad at mini golfing. In case anybody's wondering. But it turns out mini golf is actually fun when you go with a whole group. It's like bowling for me in that like, you know, I can get, I can have like a really good hole and then I hit, hit it in six strokes. Like, and it's like bowling. Like I hit three strokes in a row and then only can get two pins the rest of the game. It's no skill, all luck for me. All luck and chance is me mini golfing. It was fun. I reach into my phone what do I see immediately is that dear Mackenzie Edwards is pregnant with a baby girl due in January. Now, right off the bat, let's clear up timeline confusion. Ryan got out of jail in early April. And if she's due in January, that means that she got pregnant sometimes at, sometime at the end of April. They now have those harmony tests, I think they're called, where you can find out the baby's sex at like nine weeks. So I am sure it's Ryan's baby. 
I guys, I don't think Mackenzie cheats on Ryan. I just don't. I don't think that's the type of person Mackenzie is. I don't think she would like go out of her way to cheat. I think Mackenzie is all in on her marriage with Ryan. I think that she just got pregnant like the minute that he got home on the show. Yeah, he said he had PTSD or whatever that he didn't want to be touched. She didn't want to talk, but he's a man. I'm sure he wanted to fuck like don't get it twisted, guys. I'm sure they had sex the minute he got home. Um, and I'm sure that's when she got pregnant. Now, is this a good idea? No, of course not. Of course not. Nobody thinks this is a good idea. I don't think it's a good idea. You don't think it's a good idea. Nobody thinks this is a good idea. But I guess from where Mackenzie's sitting is she wanted to have one more kid. And when was little Jagger born? In October? The kids are going to be, what, 15 months apart? Oh, my God. What is she doing? Um, I think Mackenzie probably felt like she wanted to have one more kid. She wanted a girl. She already has two baby dads, and she's 22 or 23 years old, however old she is. And so she figured might as well have one more with Ryan, who has a really great and supportive family. And even if he isn't going to do shit, to father these children, at least his parents are going to be really involved. Uh, I wonder if maybe her first husband's like family isn't so great and isn't so involved and she's kind of enamored with the Edwards and how well they treat her and how well they treat her kids. Um, I, I can see that being the case. And there are a lot of people who care a lot about, you know, how many fathers their kids have, which makes sense. We see what a mess it is with Kale having to figure out three custody schedules. That's not something I would necessarily be interested in having to do. So I can, I guess I can understand that aspect for Mackenzie's side where she is like, well, I might as well just have one more with Ryan. I know who Ryan is and I'm going to get my three kids and then I won't have to have any more kids and I can leave him if I want. But I don't. I mean, I think that's, like, me giving Mackenzie a rational excuse. (laughs) I don't think that's Mackenzie's reality, unfortunately. I think that Mackenzie is still just all in on Ryan. I can't... I can't understand why. I can't understand how. But I think that she just wants to be Mrs. Edwards and wants to be married to Ryan. And I don't see Mackenzie ever leaving Ryan. I think Ryan's going to have to leave Mackenzie or I don't even want to say it out loud, but I think you can imagine where I'm going with that. Um, but I, I, it just is a terrible idea. I find it hard to believe that Ryan is doing well right now. I mean, they conceived this baby basically the minute he got out of jail, which means he wasn't doing well when they conceived this baby because no one is doing well the minute they get out of jail. That's, they might seem like they're doing well because they just weren't using for 90 days, but they weren't actually doing well because they put themselves in a position where they went to jail. Oh, it's just a mess. I'm sure Jen is over the fucking moon that she's going to have a granddaughter. This is Mimi Jen's first granddaughter. I'm sure she's extremely happy about that, but it's just, it's sad. It's sad that Mackenzie like is so stupid. It makes so many bad choices. And uh, I just don't, I don't get it. I don't, 
I don't understand any of the rationale that has gone into any choice that Mackenzie has made in the last two years, three years. How long have her and Ryan been together now? Probably three-ish years. None of it makes sense that she would be choosing to bring another baby into this situation is fucked up. You know, it's, it's fucked up. It is. I think that Mackenzie, unfortunately, is just somebody who wants what she wants and doesn't care about the long-term consequences from it and doesn't care that she's actively choosing a drug addict for her baby's father. I like, I don't know. I, I see, I've seen a lot of people IRL make this decision and I've seen the fallout. I personally know five plus women who like their baby's father, whether they were together or not, but some of them together, some not are dead from drug overdoses. And like, they're not just single parents. Like they're dead. Their child's father is dead from a drug overdose. Like it, I, I see it so much. It's horrifically sad. And then I've seen, you know, I have however many more friends who's the father is just like, totally dipped out because he's a drug addict and look shit happens like people make bad choices and I don't really judge them for that and I don't really deeply judge Mackenzie for that I have empathy for that but it's it's frustrating to watch that she's making an eyes wide open decision over and over again to subject her children to a drug addict that's it's sad it's fucked up I am judging it I am judging it but I hope in the long term that Mackenzie can grow up and maybe eventually she'll find a great stepdad for them that can raise them and help her with it. But yeah, it's hard. I mean, it's hard not to judge, but at the same, like, I don't know. I, that sounds fucked up. It's just partner selection is important, you know, and who we have kids with is important. And it's hard watching Mackenzie with her eyes wide open, make the same mistake again that she made before when it comes to who her child's father is going to be. And it's sad. And now there's another child, a little girl that's being brought into a situation with a father that clearly is uninterested in parenting unless Ryan. And here's the thing, like maybe Ryan is doing better right now, but there's no way he was doing better parenting when they conceived this kid three months ago because he had just gotten out of jail. Oh, I wonder somebody Tomlin Tomlin said like honestly maybe she just like thinks their baby is really cute and figures like she wanted to have one more kid and figured she would have it with Ryan because like the baby will be pretty and it's good genetics physically and like honestly maybe like I can believe that to be true (laughs) I think that's what you said Tomlin if that's I'm just remembering that I'm not looking at the text maybe she didn't actually say that and she's gonna text me and say Liz I didn't fucking say that But I think that goes, like, towards my point of just, like, she wants to have another kid. She wanted him to have the same father as Jagger, and that was the choice she made. Oh, Mackenzie, you crazy bitch. At least, you know, at least the Edwards are super involved. She is, for as bad as Ryan is, she is picking, like, two really fucking loving grandparents for her children a really involved extended family, a really lovely extended family. So I can give her that credit at least. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's it for this 
little breaking news update. Enjoy this episode with Troy and Amanda. It's great. It's funny. It's on a great episode. In it, I was like, well, if something happens, I guess I'll give you a bonus episode. But you're hearing it now. It doesn't make sense to release a bonus episode. All right, guys. I will talk to you next week. Enjoy the ep. Bye. Hi, guys. Welcome back to a very, very special episode of Feathers in My Hair slash Amanda Loves to Hate Teen Mom slash The Smush Room. <laughs> yes. You guys know I don't normally have three people on my podcast, but this is a very special episode in which we have Amanda from Amanda Loves to Hate Teen Mom, who's been on Feathers in Hi. My Hair before. And Troy McEady is joining us, who's been on Feathers in My Hair before, host of The Smush Room. And we are here to talk to you about a very, very special episode. Very, very special. Like, guys, I can't believe how fucking good this episode was. Um, as you all know, I've been struggling a bit on what to do because Team Mom OG, the current season, is so, so, so bad. And I don't feel any inspiration at all to cover it. So, as you heard last week, I did Season 1, Episode 1 with Princess. And now this week, I'm doing... This episode, except I'm recording out of order, we're recording like 10 days in advance to accommodate 4th of July. So if anything yes. major has happened, uh, you might hear it in a bonus episode or something, but I doubt anything major happened. So anyway, we are going to talk about Season 5, Episode 3, which... Season 6, I oh, think. Oh, excuse me. Season 6, Episode 3. When I tell you I was like high after watching this <laughs> compared to like yeah. what a lull Teen Mom OG has been. Like, I can't... At the end, I was like, how is it possible that all of this stuff happened in one episode? Um, I think when we were deciding on this, like, you picked the season, and then we were all just... And I'm like, I'll just buy the season and just watch... Oh, my God, my cat just knocked over everything. I was like, I'll just buy the season and watch it. And I was kind of throwing stuff out. Like, this one's a good one. This one's a really good one, too. This this episode's good. This episode's good. And then we kind of just settled on this, and it turned out to be um, fucking magical. Troy, any thoughts? Well, the really weird thing about this episode was, like, it wasn't even really that long ago, but it feels like it was 40 years ago. And yeah. a lot of the stuff going on, like, I forgot about this era. I didn't forget about, but it's like, I've... I've pushed and I've compartmentalized this era of Leah's life because it's so mm. dark but it's so of good. Of Leah's life and Janelle being oh with Nathan like the like Nathan and her being together. I mean this is really like th- only three and a half to four years old. Like you're right it was not that long ago because yeah. Kaiser was born in 2014 and he's almost a year in these episodes. So mm-hmm. it it really wasn't. I believe this was taking place in like February 2015 ish. Um, so not that long ago, okay. but it feels yeah. like a literal lifetime. Yeah. Um, are you guys watching um, the OG episodes? I just watched the most recent one today and I wanted to fucking kill myself. I haven't even watched the most recent one because it's like. I mean, I always don't watch until later in the week because these shows are so right. boring that even if I take detailed notes, like, <laughs> I'll go to record if... I swear to God, if I take notes with, like, more than 24 hours out, I can't do my podcast because I look at my notes and I'm like, I don't remember any of this. Like, I have yeah. no it ta- memory yeah. of any it takes of this me a, It takes me about four hours to record, like, one recent episode of Teen Mom because I just can't stay focused on it because I get bored. It's so boring. Nothing's happening. And then you watch an episode like this, and 
every like every girl had a jam packed yeah. storyline. Like oh, every yeah. single one had like high key, not just like a little bit of drama. Had like high key. Their lives are about to completely change drama. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> That's true. They're all on the edge of glory. <laughs> That's true. Glory's a word for it. <laughs> glory for us the viewers. Yeah. Yeah, I will I will say one of the interesting things about like watching these older episodes before they broke the fourth wall is like the editing is a little bit different because it's like Teen Mom is like having to like MTV's having to like show the things that they know are bad without being able to just say it. Mm-hmm. Them like zooming in on her on Leah dumping canned raviolis into the pot at midnight, you know things like that. Where they're like, they're like, we know this is bad. We see what you're seeing because they they can't talk to us yet. That's so true. I think it was the next season that they broke the fourth wall. Maybe two seasons later, who broke it first though? Because I think OG broke it. OG. First. So yeah. OG had it. Bro- okay, so OG came back and part of the right. hook of. Teen Mom 1 coming back. They called it OG. Remember, they did those, like, special viewing episodes oh, where mm-hmm. Farrah, invi- like, invited a random neighbor over <laughs> for her viewing party and then had to, like, kick her out because her and her mom started screaming at each <laughs> other. Yeah, and I recapped all those on my Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> so they came back, and part of the hook was, like, we're breaking the fourth wall. And then I remember they didn't do it that first Teen Mom 2 season yep. following, and I think the fans were, like... What are we doing? Yeah. Like, you've exposed us to this. Like, this is what we want. And then the first season they did it, they still kept it a little a little less than yeah, OG. You know, ambigu- like, it wasn't... Less ambiguous. Yes. Like, I remember that... I believe it was that season Janelle was, like, going to Texas for spring break. And they still, like, even though the fourth wall was broken, they still weren't saying, like, Janelle's going on a paid appearance. Yeah. Like... Because she's on the show Teen Mom and she can go to Texas and, like, be flown out there and get paid. And so, like, to the audience, it was like, why is she going on spring break? But it's like, it's because she's getting paid to do this. So then they finally fully broke the fourth wall. But you're right, Troy. Like, they do a lot of tricky... If this was... If those Leah scenes (sighs) where they're showing the clock were shot today, a producer... (laughs) A producer would be standing there checking their watch being like, Leah... Yeah, you know, it's, it's ten fifteen, it's Leah. Leah. <laughs> <laughs> they have to like beat you in the face with these like physical little things to show you like this is bad. <laughs> but it's yeah, better. It's... I, I want I want them to rebuild build that wall. <laughs> <laughs> you do? See, you I like the like, wall? I want them to build the wall uh, for Team okay, Mom. Okay, Amanda loves MAGA. <laughs> You've heard it here first. <laughs> But seriously, wasn't this so much more entertaining to watch? I'm not a Trump supporter. Let's just put that out. Um, I think that, okay, so I think that it's only more entertaining to watch because so much more is going on. Yeah. And they need the, like, if they didn't have production now, it would be, like, fucking, at least production can push the storyline a little bit. Yeah, they can ask leading questions. Yeah, mm-hmm. as opposed to, like, having a friend come in and do it. They know exactly what to ask. 
Um, so let's just get into yeah. it. I think we should start. Like, I don't usually. I would want to start with like the most boring one, which is usually. I don't Leah. even know which one that I, is. I, like to me, I, that's what I wrote. I'm like, usually I start with Leah because Leah and Macy to me are the most boring ones. But Leah is absolutely one of the best ones in this episode. By far, this is her episode. Oh, it's that back that backpack. Like that's the meme seen around the world <laughs> when Addie's like flailing She's under like, the Mom, backpack. Mom, 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 Mom. <laughs> Her little hands are like, <laughs> she's like doing this with her fingers. She's in, it's she's so in on, like, she's in literal distress in that moment. Literal like she's distress. Screaming for her life. <laughs> I think we should actually yeah. start with Kale. Because, yeah, that's like the okay. le- the least exciting, but a lot happens a still. A lot happens. I uh-huh. always forget, unless I watch these episodes, <laughs> how Bad Kale and Javi yeah. were together like a while yeah. before they got divorced. It was bad. Uh, I I listened to Kale's audiobook no less than four times. Uh, she doesn't. She. she Proud of you, Amanda. I had. <laughs> hey, uh, it's amazing. I really recommend it. it. Uh, she doesn't. She doesn't narrate it. Thank God. But um, which is actually kind of weird because it's like a forty-year-old, oh, okay, really okay. well-spoken woman doing it. It's like weird. <laughs> However, and I know that you guys already know this, but I remember being so shocked when she says that Javi, like, found her, like, seeked her out and, like, found her while she was working at, like, yeah. a men's clothing store and shit. Buckle! Oh, what? my Buckle. God. She doesn't, she, doesn't, she doesn't name the name. Oh, my God. She worked at Buckle. Remember oh. Buckle? Hers. Um, so, do you guys think, here's my question to you, because he's clearly, like, the worst, and he clearly sought her out for the fame, but do you guys think that maybe Kale is actually Javi's, like, one true love? Um. I don't. Mm, no, I don't think so. I think Javi's one true love is it's someone Javi. that... <laughs> the camera? <laughs> yeah, is Javi. I think Javi just wants a really traditional relationship. Mm -hmm. Well, I think Javi's issue is that he wants a really traditional relationship where he can, like, bulldoze bulldoze over whoever his partner is, but I think he gets very bored with that Mm -hmm. as well, and actually really likes chaos and really likes somebody fighting with him and, like, really likes, I mean, not to sound cheesy, but, like, a strong independent woman, and I think that that aspect of Kale, like, did draw him to her, but then at the same time, he's like, he doesn't like what comes with that. And I think that he is never really going to be able to have a perfect woman because I think he wants something that, like, truly doesn't exist. He wants somebody that will, like, fight and push back, but then still let him win every single sure. argument in the end, still not be interested in having a lot of friends, not be interested in working outside of the home, just want to, like, kowtow to him, but also still push back at him, which I don't I think, think he has. he lives off of the makeup sex, like yeah. a lot of these girls do. He strikes oh, me as yeah. kind of codependent in the like sense that, that like, yeah. he'll never, he'll probably never know what he wants because he just wants to be in relationships constantly, and he'll just point his finger and date anybody yes. that's, like, nice to him. Yes. So, he, I, I, I just picture yeah. him as, like, a guy that will, until he's, like, 70, have dramatic, insane relationships, just, just in all different forms. Do you think he loves Kale, though? Yeah. Like, in in this episode, even. Just mm, while they're married. I do. Yeah. I no? think Okay, I think Javi yeah. deeply loved the life that he had with Kale. 
not just the teen mom stuff. I think obviously the teen mom stuff, but I think he mm-hmm. loved being Isaac's stepdad and like yeah. Isaac slipping up and calling Javi dad. Yeah. Like, you know, Javi was like, yes, yes, yes. I think he loved the idea of them having a ton of children. I think he loved the idea of like a messy ex baby oh, daddy yeah. who he could yeah. like create chaos with. And I, I really do think that he loved the life he had with Kale and. I think he was very proud of, like, the home that they lived in and the cars that they drove and, like, all of that type of stuff. But I'm not sure if he actually loved Kale herself. Do you think they had amazing sex, though? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Like, like strangling, like, like dirty (laughs) talk, like, fucking nasty slapping, right? (laughs) Yeah, I think so. I think that Kale is very sexually adventurous. I I do. She's a lot of aggression to get out. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like, she's the dom, for sure. For sure. Kale was, like, lifting him up by his throat and fucking throwing him all over their house. Like, Borat. (laughs) 100% yes. Everyone take, all the listeners, just take a second and picture it. Live in that moment. (laughs) Until, I guarantee you, until she decided she would, like, never have sex with Javi again. I mean, then she goes back on it, but I bet she would also, they would also go, like, months without having sex. Because Kale was like, don't don't come near me. Yeah. Oh, for oh, sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Can't you just see, like, Javi reaching over and she's like, you will never touch me again. <laughs> <laughs> but then all of a sudden he's dating Brianna and now all of a sudden she's and then fucking she's horny. Ready to <laughs> yes. Okay. Exactly. It's very that. Okay. So this episode starts out with them going to therapy. Yeah. And Javi's like, do you like going here? And she's like, well, we don't use anything that we learn. <laughs> Yeah. I was like, well, she's like, I wish we could honest. use the stuff they teach us at home. It's like, well, yeah. She's like, I like to go because I like to like get it all out there, but we're not even doing anything, Javi. <laughs> like, Kale truly cannot hide when she like despises. Oh, she fucking hates his guts. <laughs> she loves to go to therapy so that she can just yell at him and be allowed to yell at him and have like have her turn to yell. Uh, the therapist says that they ask how they're doing and they talk about dialoguing when they're mad. Yeah. Those therapy words. Yeah. And (laughs) this is like truly one of the most bizarre therapy scenes that we've ever seen. This is crazy. Like, I remember this happening. I don't know why this isn't talked about more. Yeah. So they read, they had homework, obviously, and they read each other (laughs) things that they like appreciate about each other. Their appreciation. And Kale, basically, I, I assume the, the assignment was like, who, what you appreciate and what, like how it makes you feel, which is why you appreciate it. And Kale says like, Javi's a hard worker and it makes her feel good that he's a hard worker, which like, okay, fine. And that's fine. And then Javi he says, and then the thing he says is basically the exact, exact same thing. Exact same but. thing. He says that he likes <laughs> that Kale's passionate and it makes him feel proud and joyful and blessed. And, and Kale flips the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, the therapist is like, Kale, do you have trouble accepting compliments? She's like, I just think that that's kind of bullshit. Like, I just think that he's this is like not a good. That's a bullshit compliment. It's like not a good answer. 
answer. It's not a good one. That it's wasn't a good l- one. It's the exact same thing that she says. Like, <laughs> I know. But better. He He's more eloquent and sweet exactly. about it. Exactly. And it is a nice compliment. Like, and she goes, I it just, is. I just wanted you to say I'm a good mother. It's like, like, but everyone knows you're a good mom. Yeah. And like, thank you for, by the way, not making me feel crazy about this because I was watching it thinking, am I like receiving this wrong? Did he not just say the same exact thing she said? And she's livid. You can always tell when she gets that look on her face when her eyes are like darting all over the place and getting really big that shit's about to go down. And I was like, she's pissed that he said she was That wasn't a good one. She says, this is so good. She goes, my passion doesn't affect you at all. What does that even mean? It does, though, because Javi's passion for his hardworking affects her. But she did something incredible, which is, and she did, then I realized why (laughs) she was doing this, because she wasn't sure how to bring this up. Because when she says, my passion doesn't affect you at all, he says, well, you know, it just stinks when, like, it's just hard sometimes because, like, you're passionate about school and then you go and I just get a little upset when, like, I'm not the priority, and I have to learn to deal with that. And she was like, see, you don't like it when I do things. And I was like, oh. oh she's good. She's good. Oh, this, what Kayla is doing <laughs> is she is trying to make Javi the bad guy for not supporting her being in school and doing stuff, but wasn't sure how to get there. So no. Yeah, she was just fast-forwarding the conversation, yeah. like, three therapy so sessions. No ma- I think forward. no matter what, mm-hmm. like, if he had said you're a good mother, she would have been like, that's it? That's all I mean to you? That I can parent? I'm just a yeah. mother? <gasps> she yeah. was baiting yeah, him. Yeah, 100%. She's like, I want to talk about this today, not and that. <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> it. And he was like, well, wait, like, you can tell Javi is, like, dumbfounded in that moment. Walking on eggs. And the therapist, I think, is walking on eggshells. The therapist is like, this is beyond my training. The therapist is like, yeah. I went to school for 13 years and I don't know She's how to like, handle this girl. why did I agree not only to take on this couple, but to do it on television? <laughs> to film it. On TV. As they're, by the way, reading, what was it, three sentences? Two, maybe at the very most, in that binder. But they're like, when you... <laughs> work hard flip flip seven pages it makes me feel it's like, those, like, are we really not able to ring binders like they both pull them out <laughs> yeah. i'm like what format were you told to write this in where the first sentence is on one on page you can't you can't improv you can't yeah. improv that one truly oh by the way we're doing this on video chat and i kind of forgotten i'm wearing like a tank top no bra it's uh, like, i'm about to take off my t-shirt and i'm not wearing a bra either so try try i hope you don't get too horny this is like when people <laughs> buy all the tits that are about to get in your face here like girls <laughs> try has a huge boner right now okay so what else happens because i stopped taking okay, notes after so this that's kind of it for the therapy session and then we find out she's like, Joe wants to move to Delaware, but I'm not comfortable with it, which is one of my which is insane. favorite Kale storylines, <laughs> like truly a favorite of all of my Kale storylines. I forgot about this. Like, remember <laughs> at this point they're driving and this is so Kale wants to go back to court to change this because the custody agreement says they have to go all the way basically to like an they drive an hour and a half each way. Yeah. Meet, so it, an like it's a, a significant distance, although there, it is worth remembering that Joe moved to New Jersey before she moved to Delaware. Um, yeah, I, I would ju- I would just give up custody and. <laughs> <laughs> 
Not drive. Not driving more than 20 minutes with a So Joe and Gail <laughs> and Isaac go out to meet for lunch, and this is, like, truly unhinged. So she has not met V yet, right? No, is that correct. Sh- she has not even met. They haven't gone out for that nice did, meal where Kaylin decides to be. You're nice. right, because that's like two episodes later, right? Because you just did that. Right, episode. that's like two episodes later. Wow. Okay. So the, yeah. she hasn't even met V yet, and Joe is like, I don't really understand why you've like filed for mediation to change the custody stuff if I'm moving to Delaware and we won't even have to do this drive. And she's like, to be honest, I just don't want you to move to Dover. <laughs> Yeah. She's like, I just don't want to really relinqu- relinquish. She, she's straight up. She's like, I don't want to relinquish control. And uh, it's about yeah. that. <laughs> that's that. I, I want Isaac all the time, and I don't want you to And happen. then uh, Joe, in a totally unhinged move, says to Isaac, you know, who's sitting there, he's like, Mommy yeah. just doesn't like seeing like, my face. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Well, then oh. Kale does the awesome thing that Adam does later. Isaac, do you want oh. your daddy to move to Denver? And Isaac, where I was just like, <laughs> no, he already has a house. <laughs> and then Joe's super embarrassed. Oh my Joe's God. so uncomfortable. He's like, don't say it on camera. Don't say it on camera. Don't say it on camera. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell you. Don't, don't say on camera. You want me to live there? Joe is. I mean, Kale's like, look. I think he should be in one house during the week. I'm not like. I don't totally disagree with that, that, like, having one stable home, like, during a week isn't, like, crazy. But for Kale to, like, straight up say to Joe, like, I don't think it's a good idea that you move to Dover is just... It's, like, so detached from reality. Like, well, the thing yeah. is, is that, honestly, because Kale's biggest concern right now is pissing off V. So it is in her best interest to have them move here because V absolutely does not want to move I still there. can't so, believe she really, did that. I still can't believe she moved to Delaware with him, like, before they were they engaged. And they move in, like, they move in, like, a block away. Because at one point, doesn't, like, Joe ride over Javi like, rides his little scooter over, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God, I forgot about that. Yeah. I also love, too, that Kaylin says, she goes, Joe, I know that you think that moving closer to your son will solve all your problems, but it won't. <laughs> In what way? <laughs> In what like, way being closer to his child? Like, fucking bitch. Kale is such peak Kale in this episode where she just, like, looks Joe yeah. dead in the face, and she's like, well, you'll, you won't see him, so it really doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, she's like, I just don't really even understand why you would want to move close to him because, like, I'm not going to let you see him. So, like, like one extra moment, you will not get him one extra second than you would. Joe's like, you know, I could help, like, drive him to karate. She's like, "Mm, I don't think so. (laughs) Like, you guys know that Kale was my Kale was my favorite character the first like because she's so like. There's and this it's still the same and this is what I always talk about and it's why people like so viscerally hate Kale is because she has no fucking shame when she does this stuff. I don't know. She she lets her ass like hang out. she like nobody else would like sit there and be like. Mm, well, I mean, it doesn't matter yeah. if you move here because you still won't see him. So <laughs> you shouldn't move. Like nobody else would do that. But Kale not only does it, she does it with confidence. Like oh yeah, has she at this point in the in the program has she slapped Javi on camera? Yeah, that was like before uh, they were even married. The head shake. Okay, what was that over? Uh, it was over like a dog a, like, not being put away. Yes, no, that's what happened. She explains it in her audiobook. So the, she was supposed to go out with her girls, and he was upset. And then at the same time, one a Rottweiler shit on the floor so tensions were high so she had no choice but to slap him on 
Oh, my God. That was basically her explanation. Yeah. So it's just like, honestly, watching Kale on the set, like, there's just nothing better than watching Kale look Joe dead in the face and be like, you're an idiot for moving to Dover. Like, Mm -hmm. Um, is that where that ends? Yeah, that's all. That's really all the Joe and Kale interaction we get, because then Kale comes back and apparently her and Javi got into a huge, huge, huge fight. And he packs a bag and leaves for the night to go to a hotel. Uh, Kale has the line of the night, which is she's explaining to her friend on the phone why her and Javi got in a fight. And apparently it's over her following someone named Mike on Instagram. And she goes, people accidentally follow people on Instagram all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot about that. (laughs) That's the one thing where it's like for her to be so self-righteous and so like. Like, you're crazy and you're psychotic, but, like, at the same time, she's, like, not being, like, faithful yes. or whatever. It's crazy. She gaslit him for, like, a year this on camera. Is absolutely. Okay, so this is the crux of the Kale and Javi issue, at least the one that, like, really blows up there. I mean, the crux of the issue is that they were, like, terrible for each other and never, ever, ever sure. should have, like... Is Chris is Chris in the, pit, in the mix here yet? Because they're best friends, you guys. They're just best friends. Yeah. Chris is in the mix, but Kale also he's does there, yeah. timelines that, like, sometimes she's known Chris for five years, sometimes she's known Chris for four days. True, you never true. know. Okay. So yeah. the crux of, like, the issue with Javi and Kale is that Javi has the right to be suspicious because Kale is, like, cheating and she is sneaky, but that doesn't give him the right to be controlling. And Kale is right yeah. when she says, like, you, I don't need to show you my phone. Like, you don't. Yeah. deserved like nobody like if I don't want to give someone access to my phone like I don't need to give them access sure no I agree with that but I was I just got out of a relationship of two and a half years of somebody that was cheating on me the entire time mm-hmm. and turned out to be married and he um like he would do, like I would walk in the room and he would cl- click his phone yes. off so I didn't want to ever see his phone but I was like um you just clicked your phone off like it just like I feel like Javi's in the right there. Uh, no. Like, if you walk in and you click your phone right off, then, yeah, I'm going to be suspicious. He's 100% right. Kale was being sneaking, and Kale was cheating on him. Like, we know. Yeah, she was cheating We on know him, Kale so. was cheating on him. Like, he wasn't wrong, but Javi went into this, like, hyper-control mode. Instead of just being like, hey, like, you're being sneaky as shit. Like, I don't want to be in a relationship with you. Like, I think you're cheating on me. I might not have proof, but you're still, like, you know what I mean? He went... Like, so far, just because she was, I don't know, I guess I'm of the mind that, like, just because he was right, it doesn't justify, like, all the behavior that came after where he, like, was demand, because he would, like, demand to look through her phone, he would go through her texts, like, it's understandable behavior, but it's not justified behavior, and I think that... Yeah, they just, she's she's over him. Yeah, and I think that's, like, the whole issue of their relationship, and this gets talked a lot, and, like, talked a lot about in like team mom online stuff where it's like well Javi was right the whole time and it's like he was but that didn't give him like a, a, an excuse to like berate Kale and be like you need to what, show me is your it phone. in this season where she goes to like San Francisco? To LA. Because I think I, I kept mm-hmm. yes I kept watching this whole season so the whole thing's a blur and but he, he's a fucking And he calls her a million episode. times he yeah. ruins like somebody else's vacation remember when that one time she went to Philly oh, with her yeah. friends and he shows up at the hotel and her friend calls him yeah. Javi the ruiner of times like well, he brought up she brought out the worst of his Napoleon complex like she literally <laughs> uh-huh. brought up she she did she, she did. emasculated him and he right. brought out the worst qualities that he has 
and like like I, I, it's like I don't think that he would react to this in every relationship in the same way, but there's something specifically about the way Kale, like. It's like the way she talks to him, and it's like, I feel like she does it intentionally. Yeah. Oh. Where she's like, I want you to feel small. Like, I want you to know that you're tiny oh, yeah. and little, <laughs> and I have to look down at you, and like, you know what I mean? Like, in the and end. And you are nothing. Like, you are literally nothing to me. Yeah. 100% yeah. yes. I completely agree that she really brought out the absolute worst in him. And also, like, we have to remember they were like 22 in this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always forget, like, I think they were so 20 weird. when they got married. Like, they were still Ooh, really fuck. young. Not that Kale's nice. still making, like, the exact same, or possibly worse Ter- choices. Worse decisions, for sure. Um, yeah. That's, you know, not to say that, but they just, like, really, like I said, they were never right for each other. Javi wanted a wife that will, like, stay, and that's why I think it's working so well with Lauren. Because Lauren, yeah, she's like, like, I'll do whatever. Obsessed yeah, with him, probably doesn't yeah. talk to a ton of other people, doesn't have any friends in Delaware, so her whole life is like him and his family. And Ugh. Kale was like, no, I'm not into that. So, yeah, they get yeah. into a huge fight about Kale being sneaky, which she is, but like I said, I personally don't think that justified like the way that then Javi turned around and treated her. Yeah, yeah it's a, for sure. It's a great season. Yeah. I gotta say, though. Thank you, Javi. So he leaves, <laughs> he leaves to go to the hotel. There's a little scene of Isaac wanting to call Javi to say goodnight, and he, like, yeah. calls him to, and leaves him oh, a voicemail. Kills me. Isaac, the sweetest baby Isaac, is he's like, I love you, I miss you, and then he starts crying because he wants to give Javi a hug and a kiss, and Kale's like, yeah. you can give him a hug and a kiss tomorrow. He goes... But but it won't be nighttime tomorrow. Oh God! You know it's actually very like Shakespearean in a way that Kale, this like <laughs> cold, emotionless woman who's been like truly like the her life has taken her emotions from her. But she was she gave birth to this like uh, it's crazy. It uh, doesn't make any logical You're sense. Exa- and I, I really think he was just like born with those emotions. Because Joe yeah, doesn't. And see Joe's that like really Joe sucks. Either. Joe has Joe is like the fuck. He's an idiot. He's yeah. Like, I mean, Joe's like a, a monotone deaf yeah. mute. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's exactly. He's a loser. Um, I Liz, one of your because whenever I scroll through feathers in my hair, I always see one of your episodes is called Joe is a bum. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And every time I see it, I'm like, I'm like, yes. Oh my uh, god. So because he is. Uh, yeah. Javi comes back after a few hours, and I actually, like, was 100% on Kale's side with this fight. He does talk about the fact that she's, like, sneaky, and I agree with him there, but then he's like, I want to work on this, and Kale's like, what's the fucking point? Like, Yeah. If if you're gonna leave for a hotel, you better stay the fucking night at that hotel. You better commit to that fight. Yeah, I think she was, like, 100% on the right. She was like, I don't understand why, like, we get into a fight, you say you're done, and you leave. So, like, if you're done, just be done. Like, what are we, what are we do doing they have here? Baby, they have baby Lincoln at this point, Yes. Huh? Or no? Okay, they do. I think they had him, like, right after she moved to Delaware. What's the timeline here? Because they, because she always says that they were broken up way before so the cameras showed. the timeline is, if this is February, if this is being filled, like, January, February of 2015... I believe he then deploys 
I don't think he deploys until December 2016. I think they stay together oh. for a whole other year. I would have wow, to double okay. check oh that. God. Because that's, that's then she has Lux. She doesn't have Lux until 2017, right? You're so amazing with these fucking dates. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I, could never, I could never do that. I'm pretty sure because <gasps> we right. had his first birthday last season, and that was 2018. So she had Lux sometime in 2017, which means... No, I guess then he did deploy... I guess he deploys... Okay, so they end up getting divorced. Like, they end up separating in, like, November of this year. This is being filled in January or February. Like, this upcoming. Yeah, so... I can't believe they last that long, though. I know. I can't believe they last eight more months after That's wild. Yeah. And... But, so, according to Kale, (sighs) they decided to separate. They filed for divorce before he was deployed. And then they did this whole on-camera thing... That scene where they were like, bye. Love you. Isaac's devastated. And she's like Uh promising Isaac that Javi is coming home. And then I guess he gets home. Yeah, that would make sense. Because then he gets home in like May 2016. They officially, officially break up. And then she's pregnant like four months later. (sighs) Isaac used to consecutively make me like weep every episode. Like he literally... It's oh just God, like, do you he's guys too remember much when me. she gets when she gets married and he's like and he cries and she's like why are you crying and he's like because you look so pretty. It's amazing. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Oh my it's God. truly amazing. So yeah, it just <laughs> like when Kayla's saying at the end, she's like being there's no point for us to be together for this miserable. Yeah, and I was like, you're right. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Especially right. he said the ultimate fuckboy thing where he's what did he say like oh, he's like well I don't want to not I be wanna, with you but uh, I want to stay too so. Yeah, 100%. He's like, you know, I want to leave, but, like, I just can't leave. It's like, okay, well, that doesn't work logically, so... (laughs) How much better are your guys' lives in the present day watching Teen Mom 2 where Javi is not ever shown? Like, he'll be shown for about 30 seconds per episode. My life is so much better for it. I know. (laughs) He's... I'm really glad that they haven't, like, focused too much on him and Lauren because not interested. MTV reads the Reddit boards, I think. Oh, 100% they do. All right, who are we doing okay. next? Chelsea? Yeah, let's move on to Chelsea. Um, right. I love that we get a scene of her working. Yeah, she's utilizing her license by zapping a girl's zits while laughing hysterically. She's like, <laughs> uh, in a full-on baby her. voice. <laughs> I'm like, Did are you, you notice? a licensed esthetician? Why are you laughing like a hyena right now? This she's like, funny. here we go. I'm like, can you not use your... <laughs> she sucks. Her full-on baby voice at work. Yeah, this is the f- this is the only time I think we've ever actually seen her like picking up an instrument and using. Yeah, you know Chelsea, the career woman. <laughs> that everyone's like, everyone's like, it doesn't matter if Chelsea loses the show and Coley's because she has like a career to fall back on. <laughs> I'm like, she worked for like four months as an esthetician. Like, she could then become an esthetician, but like she would be starting from nothing like she'd have to build her career she she also worked at that tanning salon for six months that's very true <laughs> hard-working icon oh god yeah so uh, chelsea goes home and chelsea grace big chelsea yeah so <laughs> big there. chelsea who's still big chelsea at the time um comes over to talk about because she's still, she's still big chelsea they really you know what's crazy like how much this made me remember, like, how much they used to have to use Chelsea Grace before they had Mandy, the producer, able yeah, to step she, in. She's serving. She's serving the purpose of the producer. Oh, like, my God. Chelsea, you're so right. 
Chelsea Grace always used to come over for these Adam talks, and now they're like, don't bother. She doesn't need to come <laughs> over for this. That is so funny. She really does. She is the exact role of the producers now. Yeah, and she yeah, comes we over. Saw her I thought last, this, she, we saw her last season when Randy was injecting her with like yeah. collagen or whatever. I think she's been on <laughs> once this season. Um, so she comes over, and I just thought this exchange was so weird. Chelsea Grace is like, how's your workout? Because at this time, this is when Chelsea was, like, getting really thin, and she was doing CrossFit. Yeah. She doesn't seem to work out anymore. She never posted on social. Somebody was saying on Reddit, like, she's so toned. She obviously works out. I'm like, that bitch hasn't worked out in years. She never posted on social media. She just has a very restricted diet. Which, whatever. Yeah. I, okay. I think she's probably on... Adderall is my guess, and she eats very restricted. I I wanted to ask you that because when she talks, she talks like this kind, like very controlled. I'm talking very specifically. I'm thinking of every word. Like, do you guys notice that? I always notice that with Chelsea. Yeah, she does. Um, Oh, but Chelsea Grace is like, how was your workout? And uh, Chelsea goes, it was good. Like, it was like just so weirdly aggressive. So we find out that Taylor and Chelsea went to a lawyer together um, and that Adam was arrested for felony domestic stalking and that when uh, Donna picked up Adam, or excuse me, when Donna picked up Aubrey, Chelsea was like, hey, like, just remember, like, Adam can't be alone with her. And Donna was like, that's ridiculous. These are all false charges. And Chelsea Grace is like, so every one of his girlfriends is lying? Like... Uh, I don't know. I always I always think of what you said about them, where it's like they are not on the show and they can't defend themselves. I, so we're getting Chelsea's version of this conversation. Yeah. 100%. Also, like, when, when Chelsea says, like, Donna and I got into a big fight, I'm like, do you mean you said, okay, Donna, thanks. Yeah. And then you shut the door and, like, you called your dad and bitched about it. Ex- uh-huh. Like, that's literally what happened. She's ever been in a fight with anyone. Remember that like, time that Donna knocked on the door and Chelsea was too afraid to answer it, so that she had to wait while Cole was taking a shit. Yeah, no, she did, just didn't answer it. And Donna was knocking on the door to apologize. Yes. To talk to her about what had happened in court, because when Chelsea was like, Donna was mean to me. Oh, God. Um, and Donna came to the house to apologize like a fucking adult, to face-to-face apologize. Yeah. And Chelsea she wouldn't apologize answer the door. To, like, Cole with a fucking, like, turtle head hanging out of his <laughs> so yeah whenever Chelsea says like well I confronted Don although like look do I believe that Donna defends Adam especially at this point like yeah I, I believe that because as we see later in this episode they're not supervising his visits Adam has Aubrey by himself without them with like that druggy friend of his and they're like revving the car engine can <laughs> we talk I forgot about <laughs> the, like, death-proof cars that he used to drive <laughs> throw around in. What the right? fuck? What so, like, the fuck? Like, you're on, like, sit on, sit on the front, uh, sit on the front yeah. here and just, like, hang on. The seat is just a little metal cone. He had, he had, after, like, multiple driving-related arrests. Right. Like, the, and the way MTV edited it was so good is because it's all these scenes of Chelsea and Chelsea Grace and, like, Randy being like, I think he's driving. Without yeah. like with Chelsea with Aubrey in the car and his parents aren't there and then it like smash cuts to him and that guy like off roading with <laughs> <Yeah>. Aubrey. <laughs> I'm 
so, forgot about the, 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 those moments with the cars of them like driving up those giant mountains and her like flailing all over the sea like hitting walls. She loves it though. She's having a great time. I yeah. think she'll look back and think they're some of the best memories she's had with her dad honestly. Oh, I know. Oh, they absolutely are. So Chelsea goes to see her lawyer who looks like Colonel Sanders. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, I was... I was like, which member of Congress does this guy look like? Like, no, he's like, he looks like Colonel Sanders. And basically, they decide to ask, like, for the visits to be at the visitation center. And then we get this is great editing, like, an. A smash cut to Adam at his lawyer's office. Oh my god, it's amazing! I need so to say, ready, you wanna, what do you want to start with, Adam? He's like, I don't know. There's so many. <laughs> he says, "There's too many." There's too many. I will say, I really think a big part of the show being better, and he's really bad. But is Adam being off the show? Adam adds a lot to the show. He's fucking funny. Oh yeah, he's funny. He's like deranged. Yeah. He's almost like leaning he, into his character. Yeah. He's like, he says crazy shit. Um, it's not just Chelsea talking about him. We actually... Okay, Chelsea comes across much better in this episode because we see how... We remember, like, how bad Adam right, actually right. is. Yeah. And we, like, see him doing all of this shit, like, firsthand with our eyes. So we're like, yeah, yes. fuck him. <clears throat> so but, like, it's not just her complaining and bitching. Exactly. Yeah. Or living so in, like, when, a Hallmark Pinterest movie. Yes. So when we get oh, those scenes blood. of, like, Chelsea bitching about Adam, we're like, yeah, fuck Adam. Yeah. But now we're like, who cares? Stop talking about it because we're not seeing Adam. Listen, yeah. the best, the sexiest part of Adam that makes me the most horny is his Travis Bickle haircut. <laughs> oh, my God. I, love that. <laughs> um, I need to rewind a, a couple, like, last to the scene with Big Chelsea where it ends with Chel- with Big Chelsea being like, Sahara things with Cole. Oh, yeah. And Chelsea's like, I just don't really like to like talk to him about right. Adam stuff, but like we're so good. Like he's the best. Did you guys know that Cole's the best? Because I don't know if she's ever going to mention that again. <laughs> she lost him along. I thought that that I wrote that down too because I thought that was very interesting that she yeah. said she wants to keep all of her Adam drama separate, which I've uh-huh. talked about before, and that I think Adam is. I mean, Chelsea's so fucking scared of like Cole leaving her or yeah. like her scaring Cole away with, like, any Adam drama at all is that she keeps him, like, totally on the outside. And I think the only reason Cole's, like, so involved now is because she's, like, too busy with the babies that he has, like, forced himself kind of into, like, the... Where he's like, no, I'm going to get Aubrey. Like, you stay here with the babies. Like... I I think that I think that Cole's had to like kind of force himself into it. I think if if Chelsea had her way, like Cole wouldn't even know that Adam existed. Oh, for sure. Because you, you know think? she like wishes I, I, he didn't. She I think generally wishes he didn't exist. Well, yeah, she wishes mm, he would die. Yeah, I think that she would fuck him right now. <laughs> you and do. I think it would be like yes. I think it would be the hottest fucking sex. <laughs> like because. Cole and Chelsea have okay, missionary have fucking sex. Cole cries after sex and he shivers and you she's like the big spoon. Her, if okay, if Adam like texted her and was just like, I just want one night with you, baby. Like I would do all this stuff. Like they and she, and if she knew she couldn't, she would never get caught. It would they, they would they would absolutely have hot sex. I I think maybe I think not right now because maybe I think she's right still maybe. she's still like really high on Cole and like life and like their babies uh, I think I in know. like five to ten 
when she's like really bored of him I think she's gonna get really bored of him in the life that they have I think she's probably pretty unfulfilled already and I think once yeah. that happens I mean I'm bored with him so yeah. I can't imagine what it's like it. being around him all the time oh my god but yeah I do think that like if Chelsea had her way like Cole because I think like I said I think to this day she's like so scared of Cole judging her for anything Mm -hmm. or like her doing anything to upset Cole and she's still like presenting this false narrative to Cole in some ways I think and she's so scared of Cole like thinking that she isn't perfect that she just doesn't want Cole I I think she would like Adam to have nothing to do with Cole because remember even like last season like they went to court and like she wanted Chelsea to bring her not Adam like she didn't want Cole to even be there at court which is so weird who wait what happened she wanted like, she wanted Chelsea Grace to like go to court oh, with Chelsea her. Grace to be there oh yes. yeah oh yeah I guess that's true um I first of all I just want to mention um that Cole wore the most ridiculous fucking pride outfit on I saw Day I have thoughts on I, that I hate I hated it what was so it much. I Oh like, my god, you didn't see it, Troy? Uh, I don't know if I Troy, did. Troy, I need you okay. to look at it like really <laughs> so, right. Yeah. Chelsea. It's like the it's like he's in full head to toe rainbow, but it's still Trumpy. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's okay. still like I voted for Trump. So listen. Cole, Chelsea Grace, and Chelsea, and I guess the kids too, went to their town's <laughs> pride parade. Which, like, okay, what like I'm not saying that Chelsea hates gay people. Like, I don't think that. But I do think, like, when you are straight, you have never, ever, ever used your platform ever to, like, to promote anything having to do with LGBT, like, plus issues. You've never, oh, you know what I mean? You've never, ever, ever She's spoken never taken out on a this. stance. Where can, stance. I, where can we find this picture? Because I'm uh, looking at her Instagram. And I cannot find I it. think they were on her stories. I'm sure that if you just Google it. But, like, so my thing is, it's like, okay, so it's not that I'm not saying, like, Chelsea shouldn't go to Pride. It's not that. It's just, like, when you've never taken a stance on anything ever, especially anything having to do with LGBT community, yeah. and then the first time you go to Pride, you're in, like, head-to-toe Pride costume. Right. You know what I mean? Like, rainbow head-to-toe. You go with your husband, and then you bring your MTV cameras along. Like yeah, it's phony. It's pretty convenient. He's like wearing like a, he's wearing a romper a onesie. He looks. Oh my I god! Mean, my, my, my my vagina just like closes. <laughs> it's just like it, it. Just like the like I don't know. There's just something like that's so to me like eye rolly about like. Me and my my husband who are going to Pride in our head to toe rainbow outfits and MTV is filming. Like it just seems like it's all about oh, me. It's, it's going to be a story. Next season's going to be about that Pride parade, and then the next episode will be the fucking daddy daughter dance, which I want. <laughs> oh I my want, god! I want that daddy daughter dance to be fucking outlawed. If I hear the words daddy daughter dance in sync together ever again, <laughs> like I'm done. I have been hearing about the daddy daughter dance. Since be like since the day they met, it's unreal. Yeah. It's like not. I, I just need to tell you too. I do, I specifically remember when I found the two of you like a couple years ago, probably. I remember listening to the first time Troy was ever on an episode, and you guys did like a three hour episode. It was wait. So we magical. actually had to record that in two parts because halfway through Troy's like, oh my god, I have like plans with my friend. And my friend like, was at my house to pick me up, and I was like upstairs screaming about Leah. And I was like, I have to leave. This is important. 
I was well, in the zone. Troy, like, you guys were talking about Chelsea, and Troy, I just remember, like, because I didn't, I, I, oh, that was the first episode I'd heard you on, I knew that I loved you, but, like, the thing you said that made me feel, like, the most seen and vindicated <laughs> is you're like, you're like, Cole is a really nice guy, and he's a great, awesome person, but my God, is he irritating. <laughs> like, yeah. like, those are the perfect words. It's, he's a great guy, but oh my yeah. God, is It's like, he I would irritating. never, I would never question him being a, da- a good dad. None of those yeah. things. I never want anybody to think that that's like, of course, he's a great husband. He's of too course. good. He's, he's a Westworld robot. Like, it's like he's uh-huh. not a human person. I just don't, I can't. Oh, 100%. All right. All right. Let's Speaking go back to We got to keep it moving. Um, yeah. Let's do this. Amanda has a heart out, so we got to keep it moving. Yes, yes, I have yes, a date yes, yes. in an hour. Okay. So uh, we do get a scene that we don't need to, like, deeply recap, but Cole and Chelsea are painting something and speaking in the most intense baby voices I've ever heard in my no, entire I life. No, I need you to not graze over that. She's watching as he paints a barn door bright pink. <laughs> They're doing a good job. I needed that Thank to be you, at least Oh, I need to be here a lot this summer. I'm gonna be in the pool all the time. <laughs> oh, oh my god! It's I like that you're here because I'm scared of spiders. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I want to paint spiders. Do you like how I paint Cole? And Cole's like, I'll take care of those spiders for you, Chelsea. And I'm like, I would love to see Cole trying to kill a spider. I know. Because like, he's like standing on a stool, like yeah. screaming. <laughs> Absol- absolutely. Okay, so. Then we get a scene, the most important scene of this episode, which it's Adam, his weird, methy friend, and Aubrey, <laughs> no parents in sight, nope. out at um, a diner She's together. She's wearing a light seatbelt. Maybe? Maybe. Yeah, possibly. And they're talking about, you know, with, with Aubrey sitting right there, they're talking about how... Uh, Adam, how Chelsea's asking for supervised visit the, at the custody center, and yeah. Adam's like... Uh, I'm not like some druggie who can't control his life. Yeah, visitation centers are for like druggies and alcoholics who like don't have their shit together. It's yeah, total it's bullshit. Like, so the lawyer's like stack, stack, stack. Like no idea what to say or do. He's like, I mean, I don't know what I can do. She's like, I guess fight it. Yeah, she's like, if you want. She's just seeing all the. She's like, there's money signs in her eyes. Yeah. She's like, all oh, the hours I'm gonna get out of this case. Oh my god. Like, so I. Uh, Aubrey, he even, Adam says to Aubrey, like, he goes, you can ask your mother about why I need to be supervised. And Aubrey goes, "Mm mm-mm. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Well, first, so they go go into the restaurant, and Aubrey's like, I don't want normal food. And he's like, don't worry. You can eat whatever you want. Perfect. (laughs) Um, And by the way, you guys, the next episode, I almost wanted to ask you guys to watch it because it's the day after Aubrey returns from Adam's house and Chelsea goes to pick her up at daycare or at preschool and Aubrey has like bitten another little oh, child. Oh, and she's a total meltdown. And she's freaking out and in the car ride home. Chelsea's like, Aubrey, Aubrey, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna call my Papa. I'm calling yeah, Papa. But she's like, it's okay. She's like, Aubrey, seriously though, you just need to apologize to your friend. It's like the worst parenting I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So gross. So, uh, but yeah, so they go into the restaurant and Adam's like bitching to his methy friend about the visitation center and then Adam does what Kalen does to uh Isaac, to Isaac. earlier. But Wait, like what he was known for. Stinky visit. What? This is like what he used to be known for. 
too. Yeah. Oh, he's the the, uh, the gaslighting. He's crazy in this episode. He goes, I mean, I haven't even seen Taylor or Paisley in like two months. And then he turns to Aubrey and goes, do you know why I haven't seen Paisley in two months? And Aubrey (laughs) says, because Taylor thinks he's mean to Paisley. (laughs) (laughs) Then, without missing a beat, Adam goes, have you ever seen me me be mean to Paisley? And she goes, no. And he's like, do you think I'm mean? No. And he says, your mom thinks I'm mean to you. What does she tell you? And Aubrey does her, I don't remember. Yeah, like, you, it's, it's so like you're pushing sad. it. I'll give you information, but you're pushing it, dad. It's, yeah. He's like, he's like, eat more ice cream, eat more ice cream, I know. eat more ice cream. <laughs> when Aubrey says to him, because Taylor thinks you're mean to Paisley. I'm like, holy shit. No, like, they, like, rehearsed this in the parking lot. Right? Then Adam goes, Aubrey, do you want to go to that disgusting, stinky, smelly visitation Where we don't get to do anything fun or go anywhere. She's like, no. And he's like, don't you want to do fun things at my house? (laughs) You can, like, hear the spoons clinking glasses. Like, it's so uncomfortable. It's so bad. It's so Even his methy friend is like, oh. I, you know, his methy friend is like, bro, there's a fucking camera here. We can. That would be me if I'm ever on a reality show. You would, I would go full Jim Hopper and just like look at the camera oh, no. and be like, I would, I would be breaking the fourth wall. I, I think about like, that all the time. I wouldn't be able to help myself. I would be like. Don't say that. <laughs> like, <laughs> Adam. Like, you're in currently. We went to a lawyer today. Like, stop. Oh, stop. Oh. Totally. So, then the saddest scene of all time happens. Which almost seems like, it almost seems scripted. Because Aubrey's doing, like, a terrible child actress performance <laughs> of this dialogue. I think she is, but I think that Aubrey has just always been really aware of cameras and yeah. how to you perform think? for her parents. Interesting. I, I think, think so she's too. really going, she's going to town on this, on I think. Lines. I think she really knows how to, like, I think Aubrey from a young age because her parents did it so crazy I think she really Leah Shirley's like this too she really Uh knows how to play them off each other remember when Leah Shirley used to like tell Amber like dad never takes me anywhere we never do anything Mm -hmm. and then she would tell like she's really good at it and I think Aubrey's really good at it too and kind of knew to like ham it up for Chelsea because she knows what Chelsea Aubrey knows what Chelsea likes to hear it's very that is the truest thing you've ever said and she knows in a way, like, even at five, she knew, like, what... I mean, she knew it with Adam, too. She knew that Adam was trying to get dirt on her mom, which is why yeah. she instantly was like, I don't remember. Right. Which, like, is pretty, like, aware for a five-year-old. Yeah. For a five-year-old to be, like, that aware, to to know how to answer dad's questions when it comes to Taylor, because Taylor has really no impact on her life, and it doesn't matter if we talk badly about Taylor... But to also be aware enough, like, not to talk bad about mom in that same conversation, like, to me shows just how aware she is of the dynamics between all of them. Oh, yeah. She's good. Yeah. So, so we, she go, we go home and, like, Chelsea, like, they're painting or what are they doing? They're doing I, I don't know. It's just something. And Aubrey's like, Daddy, 
daddy said that I'm gonna be able to go to his house. And her and her, and Chelsea's like, what? And she's like, and you can never ever break a promise. Yeah. <laughs> she went full Caroline Manzo, like literally looked her in the eyes and was like, you can't break a promise. Never? Yeah. Ever. Wait, I wrote it down. She said, and her voice is like extra raspy in this. She's like, my dad promised me that I would go with him to his, go to him to a place, to his house. And Chelsea's like, huh? And Aubrey looks at her and he goes, he promised me. And Chelsea's like, well, when's he going to take you? And she says, I don't know. He didn't know, but he promised me he would. And you never, ever, ever break a promise. It was very, yeah, it I takes like- two. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was very, like, young Disney starlet. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, but, like, if this scene had happened nowadays, Chelsea would be like, oh, my God, did you guys get that? Did you guys get, did mm-hmm. you guys hear that? Oh, yeah. my God. She'd cool. be like, did Cole, what do you think about that? Cole, just are you just a daughter? Ah, fucking ridiculous. And there's also, like, I think it's worth mentioning that there was also, like, this weird energy in their house at this point, and, like, even now, where, like, when Cole came along, it was like, well, now you have a new dad. So, like, whatever happens with him, it doesn't even really matter at this point, because you have a dad now. I mean, I still think, though, that, like, when they said, like, when Chelsea was like, do you want Cole to adopt you? I still think Aubrey didn't even know what adoption was. Agreed. No, I... She was like, isn't, aren't I, I, like, am I not adopted now? (laughs) Is that not my dad? Like, what is happening? Yeah. yeah. He's going to every daddy-daughter dance until I'm, like, yeah. 18 years old. <laughs> but, yeah, right. I will say, though, that, like, overall, like, this scene at the end where Aubrey's saying, like, and you can never break your promise, and my dad promised me, Chelsea seems so much better because we saw how awful Adam was yes. in right. that scene. 100%. And, like, how disgusting it was the way he was speaking to her and how he had her parent parodying stuff about Taylor and how he was promising to take her places and how he was unsupervised. Like, so when Chelsea's, like, asking him this stuff, I'm like, holy shit, like, good, f- like, Chelsea, I feel so bad for you. But when it happens yeah. now, I'm like, oh, who cares? Yeah, because like, yeah, we don't get to see it. We just yeah. have to hear her bitching about it. And you kind of forget how bad Adam is. Because he's yeah. not there. You do forget I that. I want she, him back. She, she was dealing with, like, in the history of the show, one of the worst dads. Like, easily. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, you, you do forget that. Who's the worst dad? I mean, Andrew? it's David now. Andrew. I'd say it's Andrew. No, Global because. David, but. Don't you think it's better what Andrew did to just, like, totally disappear yeah, than to sure, be David? Sure. I, yeah, yeah, I mean, David would be the worst, right? Yeah, absolutely. I was just I was just listening to your guys um 16 and pregnant Janelle episode and was like, oh my God. I don't appreciate you. <laughs> you know, sleeping at my with sleeping with my pregnant daughter. <laughs> mom, 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 mom. Guess what, mom? Nothing else worse going to happen, mom. Uh, she's like got her hands it. on her back. <laughs> so good. Speaking of Janelle, let's go on to Janelle. Yay. You want to do Okay, so yeah. we'll end with Leah cuz Leah's the star of Leah, yeah. Yes. So wait, really. I need to give context to everybody. That okay. this St. Thomas trip they're talking about is the trip where the video exists of Janelle telling Nate's brother Thank that you. she wishes he died in combat. So do you want to talk about that first? Because I have that in my notes. So do you just want to? Yeah. And also Janelle great. tells us on one of those tell-all specials where she's like, you guys didn't even know, but like, like we all went to St. Thomas and we were already engaged. But yeah. Like, they got totally engaged like, at Christmas actually that year. Yeah, and she's like, we Nate's totally family. fooled you. And we're like, okay, well, it was like, now when you watch it back, we're like, this is the worst acting job ever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Janelle and Nate are home from St. Thomas, where they got engaged for the cameras. Sure. And <laughs> basically what happened was Nate yes. had gone with two of his 
had, they had brought like a, one of Nate's couple friends as well as Nate's brother Noah and his girlfriend. So it was like three couples. And they um, and Noah was in the army. With yes. Nate. Okay. Well, they were all like they were all so in the army. It was Candy and Pat. Pat had served with Nate, and Noah had been. I don't know if he was in the Marines or the armies or whatever, but had also been in the military. So they were all veterans there. The sure. men. So basically, okay. What had happened was Nate had gotten a bunch of money from, like, disability. Like, he had gotten his back disability pay. Okay. So, he would gotten, like, $10,000 at once. This is all from Candy and Pat, the two people who were on the trip with them, who came home and, like, immediately were like, let me put all of this out online. So, Nate had gotten all this money and had basically paid, not MTV, he bought the ring that he gave Janelle and he paid okay. for this vacation for his friends. Um, while they were there, supposedly, the friends were charging stuff to Janelle's room, which MTV oh. wasn't covering, but, like, drinks and, like, a ton, like, a lot, supposedly, like, a lot of stuff. Okay. okay. So, things had kind of escalated. They weren't getting along. Janelle was apparently being awful that whole trip. Nate was awful because he was with Janelle and was just like and at the he's worst drunk and the, yeah like, the worst yeah. place in his life at this point and so Janelle basically went to confront the friends and the friends and the brother and the brother's girlfriend about charging the stuff to his room I'm sure calling them like pathetic and clinger you know users like every name in the book yeah. I'm sure then they mentioned that Janelle doesn't deserve to have custody of Jace. Like, you're not even a mother. You don't have custody of your child. You don't so deserve then, to have Kaiser. Yeah. And then it's on camera. Janelle screams. So Noah, Nate's brother, his best friend, like, in his whatever it's called, like, baton or whatever. Battalion? Um, yeah, that well, one. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, like, it. died in front of Noah, like, was murdered in front. Not murdered. Oh, because my it's God. War, but you know what okay. I mean. Like, yeah, died yeah. in front of Noah, and so Janelle, I don't mean to laugh because it's like horrific. Janelle screamed at Noah, like, you should have been the one to die, not your friend. Like, you should have died in combat. And Janelle's the one filming, isn't she? No, no, no. no. Candy is filming. And then, like, Candy stands up and screams, like, don't fucking mention that. And that's, like, when the video ends because she goes to, like, confront Janelle physically. But then I guess, like, uh, security or whatever who was there pulled them apart. But, like, that's like wow. probably the worst Why thing you could. Why didn't they show that on the show? If, if I if because at that point they weren't including social media stuff like that, Ooh, and Janelle wow. was still big mistake. They still needed Janelle, you know, like they still. I also I just don't think they needed to include that. Like there was still so much drama, and I think that so True. at that time, you know, now they like will show Janelle Snapchats because like she won't film and they have nothing yeah. else to show. Yeah. But at the time, like they never really included like Janelle's online shenanigans, and I think part of that was because they hadn't broken the fourth wall, and they couldn't include stuff that came in the media and that was like happening on Twitter because that was all about Janelle being a celebrity. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay. That's I, I remember watching crazy. that. I definitely remember watching that video, though. Yeah, the video is like insane. Like, I highly suggest everyone watch the video. Um, she like, yeah, she wishes not just anybody, but like Nate's brother should have died yeah. in combat. Which, you know, how sensitive people are about the troops. Like, yeah. literally, oh, like God, the yeah. worst, the worst thing anybody could say. So they're home from St. Thomas, and shockingly, Nate and Janelle just aren't getting along. <laughs> 
<laughs> she calls her dear friend Tori on FaceTime, and she's like, I'm engaged. And she's like, look, dude. Oh no, it's crazy. And Tori's anyway. like, oh my god, that's so awesome. <laughs> Janelle's like, yeah, you like totally took me to St. Thomas and totally surprised me. It was so cool. And she's like, he finally <laughs> did it like a real man. She's like, huh, I know. <laughs> finally, a real man. Yeah, Tori always hated okay. Nate, which is hilarious. And so, yeah, so we, I mean, we're about to get to one of like the most memeable teen mom yeah, images. One of the most yeah. iconic moments. So, I mean, like, Janelle's like, yeah, I'm engaged. And then she's like, but fuck Nate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's like, she was yelling, "You don't deserve your kids." And then Nate like took their side, and yeah. like I just was so alone. And now Nate comes out of the room, pops down the stairs, <laughs> stuck. Hey, <laughs> as you guys have all seen the meme, he just like pops his head behind the staircase. He's like, "Stop it! Don't disrespect." That me. needs to be like our picture for like when we post this on social media. Is Stop it! Yeah, Stop. of course. And she's like, oh, my God, dude. Oh, my like, God. What? Oh we go straight God. into old school classic Janelle. Oh, my God. Just understand I'm aggravated from hell. From hell. Yeah. Not aggravated <laughs> as hell. This is my favorite exchange of this. Nate goes, you know, whatever. You're talking to your friend. I hope your fucking friend can hear me. And then Tori goes, oh, my God. Tell him I can't even hear him. And Nate goes, oh, my God, Nathan. She can't even hear <laughs> She's like, you're not yelling enough at my friend. You're not being loud enough. <laughs> yeah, she like relays the message. She goes, she says she can't even hear you. Because oh, <laughs> Nate's like, I hope she can hear me. And Tori's like, I can't tell him I can't even hear you. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so good. It's so funny. <laughs> Tori's just like on her FaceTime. And she's like, am I getting paid for this? Seriously. <laughs> yeah, the scene ends with her being like, oh my God, Janelle, when are you going to get some peace? And Janelle's like, oh no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then it's like dun da 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 <laughs> animation animation. So they next go out for like dinner and we find out she hasn't seen Jace in two weeks and she starts eating. Did you guys catch this? And Nate goes, Okay, Miss Piggy. Yeah, what was that? Oh, fucking wrote. No, it it starts with them at a restaurant, and Nate goes, "Yeah, Janelle, eat those carbs. Munch, munch, munch. Munch, munch, munch. What are you, Miss? What are you, Miss Piggy? I can't imagine like what I would do. It's so and it's so sly. And he smiles and he laughs after it like it's a joke. But Nate had her eating like Nate had her on a diet and he would like force her to bodybuilder diet. And supposedly, according to Candy and Pat as well, they were doing steroids together. Like they said they saw them doing steroids, like shooting steroids into their butt when they were in St. Thomas. And Janelle has said like on a reunion, I remember she said, like, Nate would constantly call her fat and tell her she needed to work out and diet, which, like, I can 100% believe. And it was, like, yeah. the way he said it was so evil, because he was like, what are you, Miss Piggy? <laughs> and he like, said it in a way that was, like, I say this to her all the time. And yeah. this is way, nothing. In a way that if Janelle had said something, he would have been like, I'm joking. Like, what are you oh, yeah. talking about? Oh, like, I'm yes, obviously joking. Course. Yeah. But it was so, I was like, holy shit. Like, yeah, they're at, they're also at a bar at like probably mm, eleven thirty p.m. with Baby Kaiser, who's wearing like a Tigger Halloween costume, and they just are pa- the whole scene is just them passing the baby. Like, okay, I, I don't. Okay, can you take him? Okay, yeah, well, I, I'm done. I had my three minutes. You take him. Kaiser's yeah, feet so- are just like dangling over the food the whole like. Episode. <laughs> 
like, I want to sleep or eat or anything or be held for longer than 30 seconds. So Janelle tells us that she's filing for custody of Jace. And Janelle's like, I know Barb is going to flip out. And Nate goes, no offense, like no offense, but your (laughs) your mom, she's dumb as rocks. (laughs) Your mom is dumb as rocks. And she's like, I know. She's like, what do you think she's going to do? What are you going to do? Just, like, never get custody back? Like, you're just never going to try and get custody back? Like, she's stupid. It's just so funny because, like, knowing what we know now, it's like she has less custody. Yeah. (laughs) I also want to point out that Nathan, at some point, uh, when Kaiser gets handed back to him a 13th time, he goes, don't kick the baby. He, like, quotes South Park. (laughs) And I just, it triggered me. He's so dumb. (laughs) It's just, like, hearing him call somebody dumb is, like, that's jarring. It's like, whoa. Your mom is dumb as rocks. No offense, but your mom is dumb as rocks. Like, sir? (laughs) (laughs) And I love that he says it on camera. He's like, not to be rude, but, like, I can murder your mom. (laughs) Like... But then they get in a little mini fight here because she's like, oh. so, like, dude, I got my lawyer appointment tomorrow, so are you going to come? And he's like, I don't know. I mean, maybe. And she's like, oh, my God, Nathan, why are you being like Wait, this? What the fuck? You met, you, he goes, eh, if you want me to. I'm still kind of debating it. <laughs> if you're lucky, such, I might go. He's such a fucking Like, it's fuck. so rude. And the reason that it's, like, so rude and abusive, like, I'm not excusing Janelle's behavior, but he knows how fucking ja- desperate Janelle is for, like, any and all attention from mm-hmm. him. So he does this shit where he's like, mm, I don't know, I might go. And then when she gets upset, he starts laughing. He's like, I was kidding. And it's, like, it's more painful because a, a like, confident adult woman would belly laugh in his face. Like, you would spit your drink out laughing in his face. The nerve of him to think that he has, like, any sort of, like, like yeah. you know what I mean? Say over your happiness. But she's, you know, it's insecure young 20 something Janelle and she's like oh no my 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 drink is like in it has been thrown in his face the second he calls me Miss Piggy at the beginning yeah like what the fuck and this is what I say when I when I explain why Janelle thinks David is the perfect husband for her and this Mm -hmm. is like what when you rewatch this scene in this episode and how Nate like dangles his affection and like does all of these sly insults like David would never be like, I'm not coming with that to you. David mm-hmm. would be like, Nathan oh, yeah. makes her work for it. Yes. Like, and David is there with, I mean, obviously, we know they fight really, really, really bad. But so I think that, that, like, what David gives to her is like, yeah, I'll be at that. Yeah, what time is the appointment tomorrow? I'll be there. He's and, like, always there. Yeah. He's always there. And Aren't you guys, like, surprised they're still showing up to these court hearings? Um... N- I'm always surprised because they're, like, dressed up. David, like, just trimmed his stupid beard and stuff. No, because I think that they really do want to get Ensley back. I think they want Ensley. All right. I don't think they... Okay. I don't think they want her back for the right reasons. And I don't think they necessarily, like, want to parent her. But they're trying to troll all of us. Uh, like that. Yes. Yeah. Janelle is yeah. is and has been desperate to prove everyone wrong for uh-huh. the last... How long has the show been on Yeah, I was going to say the whole then? time. 2009, I think, was her 16 and pregnant. And Janelle, I think, like, 
she doesn't want her kids back because she like misses her kids. Not oh, they're having a great time without the kids. Yeah, I'm sure their lives are like significant now that like it's cooled down. <laughs> like I'm sure at first it was like explosive because Janelle probably was like, "You took got my kids taken away from yeah. me." He's like, "You're a dumb bitch." Like I'm sure it was like that type of fighting. But now that that's like past, I'm sure life is much easier for them without having 19 kids running around their house. Yeah. But I think that Janelle has an inability to, like, to see, to let go of things that she should let go of. And I do think that they're going to keep fighting. I don't know how hard they're fighting, (sighs) but, and I don't, do you get what I'm saying? Like, I don't think it's out of, like, a desire to parent. I think they're doing it because they just, like. absolutely not, no. They're they're just trying to prove it to us. Yeah. To prove it to us. I think also, like. I think that, yeah, I think that Janelle is still too much in the public eye to just be like, fuck it. Yeah. True. True. Plus, at this point, all this court shit is all they know. I mean, it's all she knows. Like, at what what time in her life has she not been in court? I I mean, you know what I mean? She's going, she's like, I'm going anyway. I might as well go. Imagine if they had, like, jobs. Like, they went on Tuesday. They're going back tomorrow. Like, they'll... When it first happened, they were in court for, like, four days straight. And, like, how does anybody with a job do this? (laughs) It's wild. Yes. All right. So, the next day... um, So, the next day, she's on her way to the... She's sitting in the car. We need to talk about when she pulls out in Kaiser's car seat. Oh. (laughs) Oh, Did I you know. notice that? that and I never, seat, no, I never noticed the car seats, but I sure, I was like, ah! that shit was not locked in. Kaiser was like, <laughs> like shaking violently back and oh, yeah. forth. His car seat oh, was yeah. like a roller coaster. Uh, well, Nathan's take. Nathan's wearing like a golf outfit. Wait, He's no, like, it's Nathan's business casual. That's Nathan. Nathan loves to dress in business casual for someone who well, has no job. Was that like Nathan, a PNC bank polo? Like the Nate, <laughs> Nate desperately loves a pair of khaki pants or black pants, but today I believe he had khaki pants on. He was in, and full, a, he was in head-to-toe beige, basically. And a, and a, yeah. a gray polo shirt yeah. tucked in, belt on, like dress shoes. And he's got, like, his water, because he probably just, like, took, like, 11 shots, and now he's, like, sauntering out, and Janelle's Absolutely. like, oh my god, dude! I'm so pissed off! Come on, Nathan! This is about my son! Dude! <laughs> Here we fucking go again, dude. I'm so <laughs> sick of this dude. Fucking. I can't. <laughs> this is peak Janelle and Nathan. It is, it is peak. We get so many. Can I just say that, like, it's a very, like, visceral thing for me to hear her um, scream all of her different boyfriend's names because it takes you right back to a specific time. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I forgot about the Nathan years of her just saying, like, oh my God, Nathan! Yeah. Oh my she was God! also, like, in khakis and, like, her peacoat. And, yes. Like, <laughs> yes. My, fa- oh. my favorite, like, from what I've been recapping because I'm doing all the older episodes, mm-hmm. but my favorite fight thus far as I've gotten is when Janelle runs out oh, after Kiefer in oh. bare feet and it's like stop 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 she's like I have to talk to you and he's like why and she's like because I do because I love you if that doesn't sum up Janelle because I do because I do doesn't she stop, throw stop, the change stop, stop, stop. jar doesn't she throw the change jar in yes episode? he does I I think so. And then she she gets him arrested. 
No, that's when they're at Planet Fun. Oh, and he's and drunk. His and his, like, and oh. his, like, ass crack is, like, fully yes, showing Yes, 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 that's yeah. true, yes. The ass crack should <laughs> be right like, there. Ow! Ow! <laughs> So you just want it to be over? And he's like, yeah. That's right. I don't love you no more. So, so I, can, I can really just reenact the entire first fucking season right Nate now. is refusing to go. And Janelle, like, yes. storms back into the house. But she, like, takes the baby out of the car seat. Like, the car seat has to, like, come out of the car. She, like, carries it inside. She, like, slams the car seat with Kaiser <laughs> in down on the floor. Hey, I was impressed she grabbed the car seat. Because I, I, I was almost believe- 100% yeah. sure she was going to leave I, it I couldn't believe she didn't leave Kaiser in the car yeah. like that was actually truly shocking but she just like slams the baby down and like goes up the stairs we and... get a shot of this poor cat it's like a Chekhov's gun with this, oh, this that... cat's oh. like meow not like, to oh. make you sad Amanda but that cat went I MIA. know I, I listened to your side character episode yeah. where you went through all the animals Sky the cat and that was one of those like expensive like rag doll like yeah, bread like cats yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nathan, you do this all the time. Oh my god! Yeah. Then she says, "I just this means a lot to me. <laughs> it's my son." And he goes, "That's right, your son, not mine, not my problem." He's such a fucking such asshole. She even says, "Evil, like, you want to be his father figure." <laughs> And she keeps saying over and over because she thinks it'll like trigger some sort of emotion in him. Like, <laughs> I want you to be there to show me my emotional support. Yeah, and he's, he's like, like, I don't care. <laughs> You're all I have. All I have is you, Nathan. I need you. That's really the crux of their relationship. Yeah, I mean, where we had Kaylin Javi's, now we're seeing Nate and Janelle's, where it's like Janelle being like, You are literally the only thing I have on this earth. Like, I'm obsessed with you. She, and Nate's like, I don't even. Just- She's she like, used to say that in season one where she'd be like, you're to Kiefer. She's like, I have no one. And I'm like, you have a son. You're the only one that loves me, Kiefer. Janelle literally like says to Nate, like, you're the only thing that I have in this world. And Nate's like, I'm sorry. What's your name again? Yeah. You have two <laughs> babies. I've never. Um, Kayla? Is your name Kayla? <laughs> Like, fuck Nate could not, Nate her. could not give a fuck about Janelle, and he never could, he never, I mean, Janelle was always a come up for him, he oh, kicked yeah, the girl yeah. out that was he was mm-hmm. living with the moment he met Janelle so that he could be with her, he lived off of her for three years or whatever it was, and then finally, being Janelle's boyfriend as his full-time job got old, and he couldn't do it anymore, and he was over it, and it's... But I think that he's still, like, to this day, Janelle and Nathan would 100% have sex. If we're talking oh, about exes that would have sex tonight. yes. Even though, like, I think Nate still hates Janelle. He's just, like, he loves the chaos. Like, I think Nate always loved the chaos of their relationship and is, like, very addicted to the chaos of their mm-hmm. relationship yeah. and the drama of it. And I think he, Nathan, is absolutely an abuser and he, like, really gets off on how easy it is to abuse Janelle. Yeah. Um, and I mean, he even says so, and he'll be like, Janelle's very vulnerable, and David's taking advantage of that. I'm like, yeah, like, you want to. Yeah, yeah exactly. But I, 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 think, I think that the sex with Nathan was the worst out of all of her boyfriends, because I think he's on so many steroids. And drugs. Like, yeah. And alcohol, I mean, yeah. And he's I, so I, insecure. I bet they actually, I can see that Nate, I can believe that Nate and Janelle probably didn't even have sex a lot. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. David, probably, like, I feel like, I don't know, who do you, Kiefer, the okay. best sex? So when Janelle was on the doctors, she said that David It's <laughs> like the gross. TV show, the doctors. Yeah. She went on the doctors for her seeing molecule wow. stuff. 
And she at one point said that his dick was so big that it would hit Ooh, her cervix during David? sex. Yes, and that it would hurt her. And maybe she just said that, like, to be nice and make him feel good. Because then, remember, they had that reunion thing where they talked about Nate's dick being di- bigger than David's. I don't know. But I bet David and Janelle had good sex for the first, like, year and a half that they for were sure. together. Yeah. Now I'm sure they're just, like... I mean, they're, they're married. married. They're a married couple. They're a married couple with a shit ton of kids at their house until a month ago. Like, but okay, so let's move yeah. on to Nathan's at. Uh, so Janelle's back in the car driving. Oh no no no! Wait wait! We oh. do miss one thing where okay. she says she screams at Nate, "Stop acting like a bitch! You do this all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You do this all the time." And he starts screaming. He's like, "Shut up! Shut up!" And she's like. You were yelling at me, and he's like, I wasn't yelling at you! Which is, like, very triggering, because my dad used to do that, where he would, like, scream at me and be like, I'm not yelling! (laughs) Men. Uh, let's smash cut over here to Nathan deciding he's he's calmed down a little. Yeah. He's uh, he's laying on the couch. Probably with the cat took two shots. Draped over his um, his, the cat is draped over his <laughs> body like he's fucking Doctor Evil. <laughs> he's like, hey Janelle, I just wanted to call and just explain to you. Like as he's like petting the cat. <laughs> he's like, I just wanted to call and like you know like why no. I was upset. That's all it said. It did. He didn't even explain it on the voicemail. The voicemail said, I want to explain why I'm upset. And Janelle's like, I got his voicemail, and I decided to go back and get it. Yeah. I guarantee you, because Nate is such an abuser, like, he screams and screams, and then the minute, like, Janelle turns around, he, like, is like, okay. Yeah, I, yeah. 100%. And he knows like that he, he's going to get in the car, and, and she'll end up apologizing. Which, yeah, which is exactly what happened. Which is what happens. He, you know, he's going to turn it around and make it her fault. Yeah. So Janelle turns around, gets him. Nate calls the lawyer's office to make sure they're come. And then he's like, you know, I can't deal with the yelling. And then this is unhinged. He says, when you call me a bitch, I said, I said, I swear to God, if God did, or I swear, if God didn't grace her with a vagina, I know I'd clear knock her through the fucking wall. Yeah. That's like a scary thing to say to someone. But she it doesn't even affect her. She's no. like, I know, Nathan, like I know, but I just I you're my only support system, so I need you. <laughs> we should go to counseling. Oh yeah. That's yeah. how this they ends. They're just like they're like, we should go to counseling, and they're like, Yeah, totally. We, well, we they don't go, want our kids to grow up in broken homes. They do go to um the lawyers. And the lawyer basically says, like, has anything substantially changed about your situation? He's like, so you no longer do drugs? And she's like, nope, don't do drugs. And he's like, and you have a stable home? And she's like, yep, got a stable home. And the lawyer's like, okay, well, we'll apply for custody. She wants to switch the custody. Yeah, oh, right, right, right. She said, oh, I broke. She says, <laughs> I want full custody and she has visits. I want her, she says, she can visit with him, but only when I say. <laughs> I, I, honestly, when I was watching this season, I want to say, like, somewhere around here, there was a couple seasons there where I was kind of on Janelle's side, where I'm like, Barbara, give her, give him back. He, uh, she's doing good. I honestly thought that. I mean, I think my thing is, it's like, in these seasons when she's with Nate and she's, like, going to school or whatever, I don't know, I guess I just, like, was she doing any worse, like, than Barb was... Like, was it any worse at Janelle's house than it was at Barb's? I don't... I mean, it probably was because Nate was there being an alcoholic. Yeah, and they're screaming. Yeah. Yeah. They screamed at each other. He called her, like, trailer trash that hit the lottery, and I'm pretty sure Jace was, like, in the room when that was happening. 
He used to uh, love calling her different, like, creative ways of saying she was white trash. <laughs> I mean, I'm still not over it. Like, when he called her Miss Piggy, I was like, <clears throat> holy shit. No, that, that's Yeah, that was guy. like... I actually rewound that because I didn't understand that if it was a joke. Like, I, like, didn't get if it was a joke, and then she, like, giggled through it, and I was like... <laughs> What's yeah, I wasn't happening? sure if he was talking about Kaiser for a second. Like, I thought Kaiser might have been, and he was referring to the baby, but no, he was referring to the love of his life and fiance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, isn't it on? amazing that this whole episode takes place supposedly, like, immediately after their engagement? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're on perfect timing. Let's go to Leah. Oh, Yay. It's happening. It's happening. The star of this episode, um, like I said to you guys, this is like, my favorite Leah, other than the um, motivational speaker Leah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stand in your power, y'all. <laughs> yeah, I do. Leah has some really iconic phases. I love this one, and I also love, I also love her like fighting for not having to live in like a basement that has, um, like yeah, with open, the spiders, with the, the spiders, and also uh, the electrical cords that were just like bouncing oh, yeah. all over the ground near water, like. She, what a she, wild! And they made they made her wear these like crazy wigs that whole season too because she kept dyeing her hair. You really need to go back and like rewatch that because she's wearing a lot of crazy wigs. No fucking way! Oh yeah, because yeah, she dyes her hair. So like, there's a couple scenes where she's like wearing these ins, and Chelsea wears them too. These insanely bad wigs, like community theater wigs, and they're like so obvious. <laughs> oh my god, I love it! Because they make them go back and like re they they make them yeah. like go back at the end of the season and like fill in scenes. Like there's a scene where Leah's like, "I'm just I'm just online at my mom's house looking at trailers with my sister," and she's got this insane wig on because she had to go she had to fill that scene <laughs> at the end of the season. It's so funny. Oh my god, I love it. So this, this episode starts off with. Leah in the car with the twins, and she is, like, fucked up. Yeah. So, Liz, I wanted to ask you, like, so, but she just passed a drug test, like, yeah, no, last episode. No, 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 Leah passed okay. a drug test for drugs she did not have a prescription uh, for. That's... <laughs> okay, everything She didn't pass a drug right. test. Like, it's not like she came back with no drugs in her system. Right. Leah... Passed a drug test for drugs she did not. She had a prescription for. So the opiates that she had a prescription for, she passed the drug test. That makes sense. I actually know a girl that went to rehab with Leah. You do? What? I do. Yeah. Did she ever tell you anything good? She didn't even ask. She told me a bunch of stuff, but I can't say it. But like, she like said it. She said it in passing. She's like, yeah, I actually went to rehab with a some girl from there, uh, Leah. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? There's actually nothing that interesting. She was lit. I will tell you this. She was legitimately there, not for drugs. She was there for actual like non-drug stuff. It was like stress stuff. Wow. That means she like didn't go to the right treatment. Yeah, she, she said she that on her a podcast. Lot of cigarettes. She said that on her podcast that she wasn't really addicted to drugs. She just had a physical dependency on them and went through detox and then went on the trauma track at the rehab, not drug rehab. So, sure. I don't know. Well, she's better now. Um, I gotta say, I like Leah's look in this season the most because she's not wearing like too much makeup and her hair is short, and I think she looks really pretty. Do you know that? I think she looks really good. She looks her insane hair looks this season. <laughs> oh, okay. She, like, didn't brush her hair the entire season. She looks like Taryn Manning in, like, every Hillbilly movie she's <gasps> she ever <does>. on. She does. <laughs> <laughs> That's 
Yeah. It's like Hustle Maine. and Flow, Taryn Manning. Yeah, you're 100%. You know anytime yeah. they're like, we need someone white trash. Can you get Taryn on the phone? See, I mean, that's yeah. the go-to. That's like, like who's Billy with a good squeaky voice? Mm, Taryn Manning. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, well, I'll, I'll agree with you there. So, Leah, it starts out with Leah and Corey meeting, you know, in the middle of traffic to do the exchange. With Jeremy. Who's just like, fuck Oh my god. We get an iconic Leah line in this scene because Corey basically is asking, Corey basically right now has the girls on the weekends and he wants to be part of, like, well, we know Corey wants actually full custody and he ends up getting it. But at this point, he's like, he and Miranda, I think their goal is, like, let's convince her that we can have her, them a couple days a week. So yeah. at least we can, like, get them onto some sort of routine during the school week. Um, yeah. Because it's the next season that she ends up, like, losing the custody of them. The, the school week custody. But he says that, Corey says to Jeremy, like, you know, I just want, like... I just want the girl to be part of the girl's life and not just, like, their weekend out. And Jeremy's like, that's not between me. Jeremy's like, I don't give a fuck. I've already filed the papers. Yeah. (laughs) Jeremy's like, I don't even know who these twins are. Like, I see them one day a month. Yeah, literally. (laughs) He's like, you take them. What do I give a fuck? And... Corey is explaining that he wants the girls, like, two extra days a week so it can be, like, even. And Leah keeps repeating this. There's only seven days in a week. There aren't eight days in a week. But, like, what Corey explained was, like, you know, one week I'll have them for the extra day. The next week you'll have them for the extra day so we'll always be equal. And Leah's like... I don't know what to tell you. There just aren't eight days in a week. Like, yeah, they get back in the car and she's like, Jeremy, that is not, like, he was really nice right now, but, like, he was, this was totally different than the last time we talked and I told you about So I just don't know. There, there's not, there, there's not, for, for this four days in a week, there's not eight days in a week, but I'm like, Leah, days continue after a weekend. <laughs> but days are ongoing. You can tell Corey's like, you dumb bitch. I know. Like, I love And Jeremy, uh, Jeremy more so. Corey oh, likes Leah way more than Jeremy does at this point. 100%. Oh, by the way, you guys are going to hear this like way after the fact, but you know, I've been saying on Feathers in My Hair that I thought Corey and Leah, or Jeremy and Leah had stopped hooking up. Yep. And then, I guess Leah listened to the episode and wanted to set the record straight <laughs> and, like, posted a picture <laughs> of her and Jeremy, and it was like, there'll never be any baby daddy, baby mama drama here. We always get along. And I'm like, girl, excuse me, we literally just watched you talking <laughs> shit on Jeremy two full months, like, two months ago on TV. Like, we just saw you and Jason, like, destroying Jeremy and calling him an awful dad. Like, what the fuck are you talking about You that you two don't have drama? So I guess she wanted to let me personally know that they are still having sex. (laughs) She was like, that Liz Bentley on Feathers in My Hair said that me and Jeremy aren't together anymore and I need to let her know. She was like, look, sis, let me explain it to you. Can I also just say, too, real quick, how much I love... One of the things I, I forgot about un, unhinged Leah is the way she, like, just doesn't give a fuck when she's interacting with, like, the men in her life. She was, oh, like, no coming thoughts. at Corey, and it didn't even make any sense. She's, like, she, she said something that made me laugh that was, like, um, she's, like, so you want more time with the girls? And he's, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you but talking about? But then she, like, would, like, zone in, and she'd be, like, oh, Okay, yeah, she's, she's zoning in and out. So I, I, I just don't think that'd be the best thing for the girls, though. If, if, he's like, I want more structure. And she's like, I just don't think that's the best thing for the girls. She's like, let me get this straight. You want to evenly divide our time between the girls? He's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then she'd be like, 
okay. <laughs> okay, I like he's like I'm being totally logical right now. Like I don't know what's happening. You could tell All that right. she didn't understand what he was asking for, so she yeah. didn't. She kept going back on being mad and being not mad because whenever he would bring up more time, she'd be mad because there's not eight days in a week. But then he would explain like, "Well, I want to be part of their lives. Like, I want to help them get ready for school." And yeah. she'd be like, "Yeah, that makes we're not sense." Even, he's like, "We're not even taking away days. We're just yeah. changing yeah. the yeah. days." And even Jeremy in the car is like, "It'll be better for you. Like, it would take a lot of it would take a lot of stress off you. Yeah. God, get you the girl. Clearly need it. Yeah, yeah, he's like, I don't even want like Addy at this point. Um, <laughs> should we? Should we go to like one of the another iconic scene I that mean, doesn't get discussed? One enough. of this, the this most iconic. Four o'clock scenes. in the morning. It's not four o'clock in the morning, it's, but it seems it's like ten it. p.m. They let us know. So Leah gets the girls home, and yeah. Allie pees all over her UGG boots. Oh, is it Allie? I thought it was Addie. And uh, Leah's it like, oh my god, Addie. you're pissing all over. Are you pissing all over the floor on your entire self and your boots? No, she clothes? specifically says, are you peeing on your UGG boots? <laughs> <laughs> and so she needs to get all the girls in a bath, and we get a shot of a clock that shows us it's 10.15. Oh, we're getting... They, they might as well just have, like, an analog clock at the bottom of the screen. It's, like, turning into Kiefer Sutherland's 24. There was, like... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The journey to get dinner on the table and then get them to bed. It was so dramatic. It's like, I mean, Liz is yawning right now. It's 9.30 right now. I'm like, I am ready for bed. Like, <laughs> she is starting. She's like, your ravioli's almost ready. I'm like, don't act like you're cooking. I know. Oh, yeah. And you know it's it's like the ra- it's like Chef Boyardee ravioli. And you know it's all just clumped together. I couldn't believe yes. she even put it it's in like a really pot. hot. Yeah, I was like, I just put it in the microwave. Like, I know. What are you doing? But Don't. you know, it's like it's like really hot on the outside, and then it's like mm-hmm. uncooked in the middle. She's yeah. Like, so it's it's ten forty five as we know, and she's like, "Come get your ravioli, Gracie." <laughs> do you want Do you want toast with that? And then it's just white bread that is untoasted. <laughs> So it's the next morning. Leah's like, we stayed up really late, but I gotta get the girls up to. I gotta get the girls. Well, to no wait. What time 15. do they go to bed? I think it's midnight. Exact. I, like the clock is at midnight. I think so. Which is crazy. For and just to years. add insult to injury to make it seem like her life is even more insane, the cat turns its head and is covered in blue permanent marker all over <laughs> around its eyes. I was like, this is the house of a thousand corpses. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> They're just you did. I can't. It's iconic. And then and then Gracie's like, "Can I sleep with the kitten?" <laughs> yeah. like, no, not I was like, no. <laughs> don't let him hear it. Wait, I don't know if you'll be able to see it. No, uh, no, I can't. I can't see it. No. <laughs> see. It's like just a picture I was gonna send it group, to you guys. Send it in the group chat. Blue so permanent good. marker <laughs> around its eyes. It was. That poor cat. I, I love that because I love the nuance of the fact that MTV probably has footage of the girls doing that to the cat. I know. They were like it's gonna be, it's gonna make a bigger punch if we just like, <laughs> don't explain. <laughs> oh, Leah's house of horrors. Truly. <laughs> All right. So it's okay. So she has to get the girls to 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 uh, school by eight fifteen. The alarm goes off at seven. Leah is holding seven babies. She's like that. She's yeah. like that uh, woman in Beauty and the Beast, where she's like, I need six eggs. <laughs> she's like holding seven children, and she's yawning like I've never yawned like. This. 
I mean, <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? She's like, yeah. <laughs> She's like, I'm really tired. It's like, we know. She's like, oh, we got to bed really late. I'm like, I feel like you stayed up a couple extra hours, too. <laughs> yeah. So... We get a whole montage of her not being able to get her kids ready for school. Like, uh, Allie puts a headband on. She goes, my hair's not brushed. She goes, is my hair brushed? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> this is the season, this, and then the next season of when the twins just, like, well, I guess they were doing it this season, too. I love when the twins just, like, drag. They oh, drove her. This season, they were dragging her. It's so good. The first episode that you and I recorded together, I told you my, all, my personal all-time favorite teen mom moment is when, uh... When one of the twins says, like, I don't trust these friends, I can die you from the backseat. Uh huh. I think that's the following season because that's the post rehab season when she comes back from rehab even worse than before she left. Oh, She's like, I don't even have and my coat and I don't have lunch money. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, Can we stop at a gas station to get something? Yeah. Oh my god, I know. And I mean, they did it to her this My favorite, although I think it was topped this season, when they were like, we live at Jason's. And Leah was like, no we don't. And they're like, we haven't been home in a month. <laughs> and then Addie's like, I like Jason, but I like Jason as a friend, but I don't like him. It's <laughs> good, good too. Oh I just like, god. them like saying on camera, like, no mom, we live there. And yeah. Leah's like, no we don't. And they're like, no, like, Grace, we like do. can we get a U-Haul so I can pack up my shit and bring it over to my new house? <laughs> right. So Ugh, I love those girls. Okay, right, so. so seven. So the, we're again seeing the clock. It's like yeah, seven fifteen, seven twenty, seven forty, seven fifty. I think they're leaving. Yes, <laughs> and they make it to school on time. Which do the they? whole the main the yeah, maybe. We're led to believe they did. But the reason that Corey ended up getting custody was because apparently the twins were late to school, like, a lot of times. And they had the teacher tracking, like, when they were late to school. And she was missing the physical therapy appointment. So oh, that's yeah? the reason. That happens like, next he wasn't, episode, too. He yeah. wasn't able, like, to get her on the drug stuff. But, like, he was able to get her that they weren't getting to school on time. And I believe Leah was living, like, 45 minutes away from their school yeah, at that I, point. I, like, there's she, no way they made it to school on time here. And she's, yeah. like, like as she's driving to school, she's, like, dressed like Mary-Kate Olsen. She just has, like, <laughs> yeah. seven, but she's, like, oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, I forgot that, like, feeling of us watching Leah, like, not at while she's driving her kids. Oh, my <laughs> like, God. Just the, was, the like, morning journeys every episode, every single week, like... All the drama that would happen in the morning before school was just like it was. And it was insane. always it was always like uh, dark, like f- pitch darkness. Pitch outside. Dark. Yeah. yeah, driving through the holler. But when you think yeah. about like seven o'clock in the morning is not early. Like it's right. early, but it's not like it's not. Well, when you have kids, like also yeah. like kids wake up at six o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Like yeah. if you put your kids to bed at seven to between seven and eight when they're supposed yeah. to go to bed, like kids wake up. She's yeah. behaving like like when I have to wake up at three in the morning to go to the airport, and I'm just yeah. like disheveled yeah. and I'm in my well, pajamas. And also, like considering at this point, Leah had them Monday through Friday, and she was acting like she had no clue how to like get like. Do you know what I like? She was acting like me when I'm watching my nieces, yeah. and I'm like, "What do you need? What do you guys yeah, do in the it's, morning? It's, it's, like, it's, it's where a are totally your clothes? Different, it's throwing you off on your schedule. Yeah, this like it hasn't been like, their life. I'm like, can you go get your sister her clothes? I don't know where her clothes are. Like, which ones are her clothes and the, which ones are your clothes? Like, me, not like I can get them ready, but like I'm confused. I need help. 
you, like, but Leah at this point has those girls Monday through Friday and taking them to school every single day. Right, yeah. Man. And you would think that she had never done a school morning with them at that point. So uh, let's yeah. say she drops them off at 8.15. Mm-hmm. She meets her mom at a bar at what, 8.30? I think it's nighttime <laughs> when she it? meets oh, her. Okay. Yeah. I really, it looks like, it looks like she went straight there. And, and this she's... is when Dawn, Okay. <laughs> I don't think Dawn is a maliciously bad person. I don't think she tries to be a bad person. I think she just is, as Leah is now obsessed with talking about her her Instagram (coughs) and her podcast, there's a lot of generational trauma in cycles. Leah's, like, obsessed with saying that my favorite thing is Leah. Leah beating generational trauma. I mean, your daughters are nine. (laughs) Yeah, I promise. I promise. First of all, you had your nine-year-olds living with a man that you were with for like six months. Like less than four months ago. And then also that other, her trainer, that TR. TR, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, just like in her new I'm breaking my generational trauma time. But like, when your girls are 45, then we can discuss if you've broken generational trauma. Like your daughter are literally in fourth grade <laughs> like no cycles have been broken except you're not poor which like that is huge Ugh. the fact that she doesn't live in poverty like i won't discount that yeah. it happened by luck <clears throat> but the uh-huh. fact that like she's not raising her daughters in poverty is extremely like i'm not that's significant and yeah, i would never sure. take that away yeah. from her but this idea that like she's it's good that she's aware of the fact that like there's trauma in cycles in her family but for her to be like I've beaten the cycles. They won't continue. It's like, you don't even have teenagers yet. Yeah. Like, yeah. God, I can't, I hope, th- I don't want the show to go on any longer, but I do want all these children to become teenagers just to see like how that is. Yeah. Oh my I mean, God. statistically, I would say Leah's girls are the most likely to become teen moms because she comes from the longest line that. of teen moms. I'd say that too. Um, um, but like, not that I necessarily think they will just statistically, but so Leah and Dawn go out, and Leah's like, I never have any any energy ever. And I'm like, well, maybe because you're an opiate addict. And she's, like, plowing through this plate of nachos, like, with a fork. <laughs> just like, <laughs> And Dawn's like, you know, when you got pregnant at 16, I knew it would be hard. And then they said twins, and I knew it would be doubly hard. And I'm like, <laughs> wow, that what was, is this that bitch was talking prophetic. about? Yeah. Like... Yeah, talking about. Uh, uh, Yeah, they discuss custody. Dawn's like, that is ridiculous. How could he even ever expect that? And this is what I mean by Leah going in and out of like understanding what Corey's asking for because she clearly explains to her mom here exactly what he wants. Yeah. Where she's like, he just wants to be able to, like, be part of the girls' lives and be part of their weekday and, like, understand what it's like to have them. And he wants to be more involved. And Dawn's like, I think that's stupid. That's ridiculous. (laughs) But then to be fair to Dawn, I think what Dawn was saying was, like, y'all just went to court. Right. Like, you just got everything settled. I think in her head, she's thinking, like, you're getting child support from him. Like... I think where where Dom is coming from wasn't so much like Corey doesn't deserve to have the girls, but like an old school mentality of the mom has them on the weeks and the dad has them on the weekends and they just went to court. So why are they going to go back? Yeah, why why reopen this? Oh, God. I mean, she's wrong, but I can kind of understand. But yeah, Dom doesn't come off great in this scene when she's like, nope. 
Uh, oh, Dawn even says, she says it makes no sense. Leah says he wants him to be for school. That's the hard part. And Dawn's like, he goes to work. <laughs> and Leah says, why not? Do you think I'm stupid? And I'm like, what, what subtext conversation are these two having that we don't, we aren't privy to? I know. It made absolutely no sense. And then I love this. She goes, she goes, he wants him to get ready for school in the morning. Take it. That's the hard part. It's like, is it really? <laughs> Is it really? I mean, according to what we just saw, My apparently. God. All right, so Corey and Miranda, I don't know, do some off-roading, and they, I don't know, they discuss how they're being very nice, but they're like, yeah, yeah. so <sighs> Leah's house just kind of has zero structure, so we just yeah. them, we He goes, and I want them to be Miranda able to eat stuff help. that doesn't come from a can, home-cooked meals and stuff. <laughs> Miranda can't really help herself when she goes, they're five, they need a bedtime. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, yeah. Probably because they're badass kids and they come to Corey and Miranda's and that's probably, I can't imagine how fucking oh, frustrating that is. Oh, terrible. Fucking God, I can't even fathom. that they have no rules, no bedtime, they eat like shit, and then they come over to Corey and Miranda's and Corey and Miranda expect them to eat vegetables. Uh-huh. Right. Expect them to go to bed on a certain time. I bet they're only allowed to get so much screen time. Mm-hmm. And they're like, and Leah and Allie are like, ha, or Gracie and Allie are like, haha, go fuck yourself. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so. And basically they just say they want, they want to be able to like, you know, help like them get a better life and get some structure. Yeah. All right, so are we at the iconic scene? We're yeah. at the iconic scene. Right. So Allie has to get Gracie to a cheerleading competition. I guess, excuse me, Leah has to get Gracie to a cheerleading competition. Um, I noticed Gracie was blow drying her own hair. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's that's some that's some dark shit. Gracie is five, like, <laughs> and she's like doing it like this. My nieces are six and five and definitely don't know how to She's blow like dry blowing her hair. it directly into her ear, giving herself like an ear infection. You're like, I'm not yeah. supposed to do that. I think it's easy to forget. Okay, so it's funny because Gracie and Allie seem so old right. in this episode because they're doing so much themselves. But then you remember they're the same age as Isaac, who seems so little God, in this episode. Oh, wow. That's actually really jarring. Yeah. All right, so what has happened here? Like, Jeremy, Jeremy's home from... Yeah, wherever, and he's gonna. Where are they driving to? To a cheer competition. Okay. So Leah is overwhelmed by the girls, and it's putting a strain on her and Jeremy's relationship. And like, of course, she's overwhelmed. She's a single mom to three kids, basically. Like, and she, you know, she's addicted to drugs. But like, even without being addicted to drugs, like, I'm sure that's very hard. So everyone piles into the car, (laughs) and. I mean, and they've clearly been bickering for about two days leading up to this. Yeah. And the car is so full of shit, a backpack, like, falls on Addie. And Addie's like, Mom! Mom! (laughs) (laughs) Her arms are just, like, out. And, like, it's so shady because MTV sees it and they keep showing, like, they keep cutting back to it. First, Jeremy's like, what is this? You know how this looks, Leah? You can't even see out the damn back. And Leah's like, lots of people can't see out the back of the car. Yeah, she goes, lots of people can't see out of the rear view. (laughs) I love like suffocating. Before they left, too, like one of my favorite moments was when he was like, "He's like, you clean up that damn car today. You clean up the back of that damn car." (laughs) And she she goes, "There's no, there's no room to put anything." And then Allie goes, "Just stuff it in the back." (laughs) And he goes, "It's really sad, but your kids know what you do. They know what you do." 
So I think what was probably happening was like Jeremy would leave for like a week, two weeks, whatever, and then would come home and see how much worse Leah was. And Leah Leah spent about $40,000 of his money. (laughs) Yes. And MTV is there. And Jeremy's like, you dumb bitch. Yeah. Like, we heard our house is on TV. Yeah. She goes, shut up. Oh my god, it's like the most visceral moment I for Leah. I had forgotten. Okay, so I didn't forget about like drug addict Leah because that stays real fresh in my <laughs> mind. I forgot about like screaming at Jeremy Leah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like when and he like slaps her, him with the bacon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And her screaming shut up at him. And when she's like, you just can't come home. You can tell this is like their long drawn out fight, which is why I think it's hilarious that they're hooking up again because like he still works away. Like, go but she's watch like, this episode, Leah, the next time you tr- She's camp. like, you just can't deal with being at home. You can't be here. Which I do believe is probably yeah, true. true. Yeah. That, like, Jeremy goes and does whatever he wants for weeks at a time. I mean, he's working, but he doesn't have to deal with, like, raising the kids. And then he comes home to, like, three wild-ass kids. Leah addicted to drugs. Their house is a fucking mess. She spent God knows how much money. And, as I said before, there are fucking cameras there. It's honestly just so crazy to me. And I know that I, anytime I've ever been on Feathers in My Hair, I always bring up Leah living in a holler. I know that. But, like, (laughs) it's just funny how many cliches of where she's from she falls into. Like, almost all of them. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, it's wild. And, like, you would think that with, like, the money that she's gotten from the show that she could, like, break maybe one or two. But, like, all of the Appalachian cliches, like, she falls (laughs) right up. It's honestly crazy. Yeah. Totally. So like it's totally crazy. I mean, if you think of like the different memes we have from this episode episode, we have Nathan being like, stop it. We got (laughs) Addy Addy with the fucking backpack. Like there's just so many. The raviolis. (laughs) The raviolis. Just throw it in the back. Leah, when Leah turns him and claps and goes, Tons of people can't see out of the rear view. <laughs> I just thought that was so funny. And I just like you just called, I don't like, know. I just can't truck drivers like. <laughs> like I just can't get over the idea of Jeremy in his head being like, "This is on TV. This yeah. is on TV. This is on TV." Absolutely, and he's, he's saying it. He's not even yeah. Like, in her, the whole car ride, like having a physical battle with the car, with the the, uh, seatbelt, <laughs> the seatbelt, like twisting in the chair, standing <laughs> on her knees, like wrapping it around her neck, and she's screaming at him like she can't get it. Oh. She's like, the car just got messy. He's like, it was like this last week. <laughs> and he's like, Addy, it's like I just can't. I can still always picture Addy, mom, mom. I know. Her arms <laughs> she's, are like, not, <laughs> she's not being dramatic. She's not being an annoying kid. She's literally like, she's can't like, believe. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because he goes, he goes. Do you know if we got in an accident, that stuff right there killed them kids in one minute? As the stuff currently, the stuff is currently falling on them as he's saying it. Addie's heart rate is like slowing. Down. Like, but then, then he's rude as shit because she's like, "You don't know what I deal with." He goes, "It's easy around here. I'll take a week off and I'll deal with parenting." Oh, yeah. I'm like, "Oh shit! Yeah. You don't do any parenting." <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and that's when she screams, Shut up! Shut up! Oh, it's so, it's so and good. And then they, they pan, they do that dramatic pan to Gracie, who's sitting there like, Just fuck my life. I know. Like, <laughs> like Jesus. God. Well, that was that, me as a child in the backseat while my parents were like screaming at each other. I've been, like, I've been oh. there too. I'm like, oh, Yeah. Nice. 
Well, guys, we did it. That was we did incredible. it. We did it. We so made much it. Fun. Right Five under the water. We did. <laughs> Just in time for your hot date. It's not really a date so much as the guys coming over. <laughs> and, uh, you know. I love that for you. Thank you guys for doing this crossover. It's, it's yeah. Thank you. This was so fun. This was super I hope fun. you guys enjoyed it. Uh, I'll be back next week probably with like three weeks worth of Teen Mom OG to talk about. I am I will be recapping in two days um, the episode of OG where it's Amber's birthday and Gary <laughs> Gary's like nice to her but then his friend's like you should call her and bitch her out and tell her she's not allowed to go so Gary does. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> oh god I'm actually pretty excited to get into the original OG episodes oh, just because good. like I really haven't revisited them in a long time. So Any, Anytime you want to hop on, when I have a good one coming up, you guys are free to jump on. Troy, what do you have coming up on Smush Room? You were in my ear for literally the, the past two weeks, and now I'm caught up, and I'm angry about it. <laughs> um, well, I'm, I've got my 100th episode coming up, and, like, I have... I it will be out. Yeah. It'll, Actually, it, be it will out be out. by the time this comes out. When this yeah. comes out, you'll, you'll know that I am going full-time on iTunes for free. <gasps> I know. <laughs> I know. It's a well, really, it's, I will, I'm really I will excited. Maintain my pay, I will maintain my patronage. <laughs> yeah, what are you doing for your 100th episode? Like, I'm doing a mailbag for the 100th episode, and then I think that I'm going to... I've been saving this for, like, a really long time. I think right? I'm going to do... I'm going to do Wendy and Kevin. <gasps> I think. Oh, Wendy, Wendy Williams, Williams and Kevin Hunter. Uh. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> like, I'm talk excited. I don't know anything that. about it. You're Brittany... Like miniseries, like I listened to them all three, like all like three of them back to back, and then I just restarted in the front, and then just like read. Oh my god! Thank you. I'm obsessed. Um. Uh, yeah, you guys are like two of my favorite podcasts ever. So, <laughs> so glad we could do this. Yeah. And now I don't have to record over Fourth of July weekend. Yes, so I was like, we had this plan, and I was like, oh wait, can we like release this two weeks no, after right. we record it, so I don't have to record? <laughs> you guys enjoyed this. Um, I enjoyed it, and uh, we got to relive some classic Teen Mom. Uh, this was great. It was so good. All right, guys, thanks so much. Yeah. See y'all later. Bye. 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 This has been an episode of Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Executive producers Molly McAleer and Liz Bentley. Produced by Nicole Matthews. Special thanks to Sarah DiGiovanna for our logo. Head on over to our Patreon page for more rewards. www.patreon.com slash ebpsychos. 